Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. Welcome to another episode of the Stardom Cast, your bi-monthly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom right here on the Podmania Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Rob Gunn, I'm joined as ever by Chris O'Brien. Chris, it is a pleasure to see your beautiful face. Yeah, it's weird since this is our second one doing this. And what I will say is that my guitar collection is better than yours. Your guitar is, yeah, I, I can't yeah, argue with that. Yeah. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest, the guitar that people who are watching this live can actually see um, is a Tokai. Now, Tokais are I shit. A, I don't have a Tokai. What are you talking about? Do you have a Tokai? No, I don't have a Tokai. Oh, no, the one I you do. have. Tokai's I do. Um, Tokai's aren't that bad. The old Tokai Les Pauls were really good. I think with Tokai's is that it was, it's like a Chinese Japanese knockoff mm-hmm. of decent guitars, no, which old, is why the, it's so cheap. The old Japanese Tokai's are really, really good. They're really sought after. I think you're lying to me to make me feel I'm better. Not, no, I'm not lying. No, that one's shit. But like the old ones. What the fuck? There's no need for that. There's no need for you to abuse right, but, me like that. But I'm sorry, but if I didn't say that, like you just think I'm lying to you. So if mm-hmm. I do that, it means when I say nice things to you in the future, you won't think I'm lying. <laughs> I establish, establish, a con- establish a culture of truth and everyone prospers. <laughs> establish a culture of truth. I, I mean, to be fair, mate, I don't think there's ever a time where I can accuse you of being sugarcoating <laughs> the truth or lying on these podcasts. Um, is, that, is it like a PRS knockoff? I'm not entirely sure. Um, the difficulty is that obviously I live in Stoke, which is a difficulty in itself. Um, but and you're left-handed. Fa- I'm left-handed, exactly. And 
it's so difficult to find decent guitars that are left-handed because for so long I just bought right-handed guitars and restrung them myself. But it's difficult because the arm thing isn't right. The knobs and the um, volume and tone controls are all where my bloody arm is. And I'm a clumsy fuck anyway. So I'm knocking stuff off. You know, during gigs, I'm muting my own guitar. You know, all sorts of good stuff like that. You know what's really bad for that? It's my Jaguar. Jags are really bad for that. No, because they have that. They they, they literally instead of having the switch go downwards to turn it off, to turn it on rather, they have it go upwards. So when you're strumming, you fucking hit the pick. You bring it up with you. Yeah. Yeah. And the and the bridge um is awful. Like yeah, it goes out of. I've been meaning to get a Mustang bridge for ages, but the the only decent one I can find is like forty quid, and I'm always like, that's a bit much for a bridge. And I know I'll have to like intonate it, and the I also need new tuners. I hate, I hate tuners. I hate those tuners, like because they're the old ones, so you have to like put them in and twist. Oh wow, yeah, I know what you mean. And, I know what you mean. And like old people love those tuners, and I think it's just because they were the tuners that they had when they first started playing guitar, and they were like teenagers and still getting laid. Like I think that's the only reason they like it. Luscious locks. <laughs> Thank you, Stretch7774 on uh, Twitch. Um, yeah, <laughs> he has so, got luscious locks. But yeah, um, I ended up. It's weird because my movie list, because we not we have we just have movie list updates now. That's just how this podcast starts. We don't actually like. I, I don't think it much. is. I think this is something that you bought in. It was it was never formally agreed no, because, between the two of no, us. But also, like, if I brought this up in front of Gaff, he'll call me. He'll call me taste shit, and I don't think I can handle that. So. <laughs> So what's the what is the latest addition to the film list? Well, the latest addition, I counted it, but like I, my nephew was round, so I watched a Thomas the Tank Engine movie with him because that's all he likes. And you know what? It was it isn't Don't the worst. Don't say it wasn't that bad. Don't say it I'm not wasn't saying that it, bad. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's not the worst thing on my list. It's only fifth from the bottom. Oh God! What what? What's below Thomas the Tank Engine movie on your film list? Okay, so Suicide Squad's the worst thing I've watched all year. Not the new one, the old one. Right, okay. The one with Jared Leto's Joker. No, no, I'm I'm very familiar. Um, then Twilight. Understandable. Which, Dog which shit I, film. Which I watched with my friend Anna on my birthday because she was like, you, you want to watch a movie? I'm like, um, for your birthday? I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds fun. And she was like, you can pick. I'm like, never never say that I'm, yeah I'm, like, I'm sure you've told me this before why yeah. did you because why did I, you choose that because I thought I'd get drunk and had fun and to be fair I got drunk and had fun it's a bad movie but enjoy enjoyed with friends okay what else is what else is below um Pokemon forever worst Pokemon movie easily <laughs> okay I mean I don't <laughs> think there's a good Pokemon movie um, but, um the, sure. the first one um and then Dawn of um not Dawn um War of the Planet of the Apes which I just found really boring like it was, and it went on way too long and there was some yeah. cool set design and the monkeys are cool I guess but that's about it. To be fair, if you're watching a Planet of the Apes film and you don't think the monkeys is cool, <laughs> I, cool. I don't think it's the film for you. No, that's why because that's the only because the dinosaurs are the only part of um Jurassic Park I like. Oh oh, that's the other thing I watched. I watched Bridge to Terabithia. <laughs> Which I remember scarring me as a child, and it scarred me as an adult. Bridge to Terabith. Which one's that? The one with the girl dies. Oh, oh, oh t- right. I'm gonna have to talk to everyone <laughs> about this. Sorry, you've just reminded me. So, 
my girlfriend was like, right, I'm going to bed. I was like, that's fine. I have stardom to watch, which is tends to be the conversations we have. Um, but she was like, she went downstairs, turned into the cats, came back up. Oh, I'm watching uh, Saturday Night Fever. I was like, oh, never seen that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was on with John Travolta. And um, yeah. we're watching it and like, it's all about disco dancing and, you know, that sort of shit and John Travolta not being able to act and all that nonsense. And um, randomly, just in the middle of it, I was I snapped out of what I was doing to hear John Travolta call someone a cunt. I was like, <laughs> in Saturday Night Fever? Really? Like, then, um... Oh no, Chris. Oh no, I am not done yet. You wait there. So the rest of the plot plays out. It turns into a gang thing. Someone, John Travolta, rapes or attempts to rape his dance partner. And then someone, one of John Travolta's friends, throws himself off a bridge. I'd do that if I was John Travolta's friend. What the fuck? I mean, I'm watching Side Night and just expecting it to be the Bee Gees. It's amazing how many old movies are raping. End with rape? Yeah, like um, Blade Runner has, an, has one. Like, Deckard is very rapey. In oh, yeah, 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 there is quite a um, to be fair, like you mentioned John John Travolta saying cunt. It's always shock, more shocking when an American like if me or you says cunt, no one even thinks about it. No, like, well it, you're Scottish apparently, and that's just part of your vernacular. But he apparently was wholly unnecessary. Um, I'm and, not the only one who doesn't think he's Scottish. I know, I know. But but so like yesterday, um, like just before recording with Joseph and Forrest, Forrest said cunt, and I'm like, wow, I was not prepared for that. Hello, BMX, Miz underscore. I'm hoping I said that right. <laughs> BMX. Is that, is that what he says? Oh, yeah, B- oh Bex Miz. Ah, it says Bex Miz, not BMX. I apologize. I apologize. I think um, you're teaching the next generation. <laughs> um, so what, have um, of, what have you thought of the Olympics so far, Robert? I'll be honest, mate. I've watched nothing. I've watched, watched none nothing. of it whatsoever. It's, it's weird because, as you know, I'm not, I don't watch a lot of sport. Okay, and but the Sorry. Olympics. This is something really horrible, then. But the Olympics, um, I get weirdly invested, and like it's never, ever, but it's never anything to do with, um, it's never anything to do with like patriotism. I couldn't give a fuck. Like the other morning, I woke up and did full work. The shooting was on, not the shooting, the archery. The shooting, and, yeah, the, the shooting. Archery. Yeah, like you know the Robin Hood shit, and. I got weirdly invested. I really wanted the Italian guy to win, and I don't know why. I think it's because he had beautiful eyes. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I, I definitely haven't been invested enough in the Olympics to note just how beautiful people's eyes are, but that's that, that's just me. Oh, because they do, like, extreme close-ups on the face, so, like, you can really see into the man's soul. He's a tortured soul, Robert. The Italian guy who didn't win the shooting? Yeah. Uh, did he not win? No, he didn't win. Uh, oh. <laughs> Hi, Belkage! Oh, it's Belkage here, that motherfucker. Belkage is here. Belkage says, Italian fingers clinched. <laughs> um, yeah, so as you can see, ladies and gentlemen, um, if you are watching this, we're doing it live, so you can all interact with us. If you want to comment on Twitter, on Twitter, on Twitch, on YouTube, then feel free. Um, obviously, if you can't, 
um, catches live, then that is absolutely fine. The podcast audio will be up at 11 p.m. as usual, so please don't worry about that. Which you know you're listening. Say again? Which you know you're listening at 11 p.m. tonight. Well, yeah, yeah. I just I know that people were uh, struggling with work and stuff, but it's nice to do these live. It's nice to see I'm Chris's face. Work. You're struggling with work. I'm not, but I'm barely fucking doing anything. Well, I must admit, Chris, like you've been at this job for how long now? Um, this um, it would be a month now. Okay, and I think you have watched more wrestling in that month than when you were off. It's on in the background. I always have. I always just have wrestling on in the background. I, I, okay, I, d- I don't understand. Have you, are you not like? Do you ever go into an office or? Um, no, it's work from home. And to be fair, I'm only part time, so I still have like the hours where I would be wrestling are basically still there, and I can still have time to do other things. Because mm. let let's be honest, the people who watch wrestling and do nothing else are the worst kind of people. Yes, they are. Yeah, no, and they also have the worst takes on wrestling because they don't have any basis in any other form of like anything. <laughs> I love the fact that you're just slagging these people off for no reason. No, oh, I'm not. Okay, if you're listening to this and all you do is like watch wrestling, that's the only thing you do. That's the only thing you remotely care about. Try something else. <laughs> oh, okay, that's fine. That's fine. I did think that we were going to end up with like fucking hell. What, Jesus watch it. Watch, watch a movie. Listen. Listen to some music. Hi, Pipio. Pipio. Hi, Pipio. Um, so Papa. yeah, obviously, um, this is going to go up. Um, at 11 p.m. tonight. Um, tonight we are just talking the first two nights of the five star Grand Prix. I know that um, day three has happened and day four has happened, and one match from day three um, is up on Stardom World, and one match from night four is up on Stardom World. Why do we do that, mate? I'm gonna get into that in a minute. I am gonna get the fuck into that in a minute. Um, so yeah, on night. Three, I believe it's Azumi versus Suri, which I have seen. Um, and it is a fantastic match, a no really, problem. really, really enjoyable match. Which you know, you look at who's in it and you're like, Of course, it is. Um, it's like that with most other matches, though, to be fair. Yeah, that is a good point. And then I can't remember what matches up from now. I think it's Sayakamatani and Tam, I think, is up from ah, now. So it's going to be awful, is what you're telling me. It's going to be awful. No, stop it. Stop it now, Chris. One match does not a wrestler make, despite what you apparently think. I don't think it makes a wrestler. I think it could inform what the future could be in the recent future. <laughs> um, but that does sort of bring me into basically the only really bit, the only real bit of news that we're going to be talking about tonight. Though there is something I want to ask Chris about uh, in a moment. So uh, Stardom put on their English Twitter feed at we underscore R underscore Stardom. Um, it says, we're on the road in Osaka Saturday and Sunday, then Nagano on Monday. Uh, this weekend's five-star Grand Prix shows will go up on Stardom World when we return to Tokyo. Uh, so that means that on Tuesday, um, which is the 10th, I believe, um, you will get the rest of the Osaka show from August 7th. Uh, Wednesday, you will get the rest of the Osaka show from August 8th. And then on Friday, um, which is the 13th, Chris, I believe, um, you get the rest of the Nagano show from the August 9th. Now, the reason I wanted to bring this up, um, obviously, from what I gather, um, the sort of team behind the English um, 
the Stardom World translations and things like that, I believe, is one person, and that is Sonny. From what from what I understand, I might be completely wrong. It's That's one person as well. But like yeah. my point is, Stardom have been very loud about wanting to run the Tokyo Dome in mm. the next five years. Yeah. If you're making such loud aspirations, now is the point where you expand. This is my exact point. Um, you know, it's not like they're running venues that can't cope with live streaming. We've seen companies like TJPW have run... In fact, Velkic has just put in the comments about TJPW. But I know that TJPW have run small venues and have streamed from there. You know, New Japan have run small venues and streamed from there. Now, if you want to get from the next level... And Stardom's growth in the last two years has been exponential. It's been fantastic. Mm. Yeah, but, but that's thing. I didn't, like... The only thing I really didn't like about Stardom's upload schedule when we were smaller... Well, not... Mm. We were still fair... Like, we're still larger than most jokes. But yeah, when we were, like, on the smaller end was... Um, they just put things up in random order instead of just going show by show. Yeah, they... Like, like, because because at that point you're just doing being random to be fucking random, and sometimes it wouldn't even be the main event; it would just be a random fucking cat. Like it'd be when like we, when three, we, and it'd be a three way or something. Yeah, exactly. So like when we jumped ahead to put on like Jungle versus May, I got that because that's mm. the big match. That's the match everyone wants to watch. Um, Stardust one of the two promotions that I go on. I'm an AW. Yeah, no, that's the thing. That's basically what we're going to say, Valkage. That, yeah, that's that, where this entire thing's like, going. If, if you, especially if you're looking to expand worldwide. Another translator. Um, a 4G router so you can upload things on the fucking road. Yeah, exactly. Um, Why The fact that they have to wait until they get back to Tokyo hmm. to actually upload things, is like, that's ridiculous in itself. Again, I, but the I, fact I, that... I get it for smaller companies like um, BJW and BJ. I know part of it's to do with like TV rights, but like they take a while to get stuff up from there. Yeah. And I get that because BJW is smaller than Stardom. Stardom, as it stands, I'm not sure where it stands totally in Japan, but like in terms of the people, if you're someone in Japan who's putting up like English commentary, so like you need Japan's, you know, as your Dragon Gates, um, you need to have better output than what Stardom does. Like, I think we've uh, talked uh, about actually, Chris, on this very podcast, we talked about how if they want to reach that next step, you know, if they want to get to that Western expat, you know, sort of make inroads on the Western's coast, you have to, you have to try and put in that live stream, not even that live streaming, same day uploads or something like that, or there has to be something. Where, because you've got, on the one hand, no one being able to watch the matches, but then the Stardom English Twitter account is posting all the results. And mm. it just, there seems to be a very simple disparity there. Now, I don't have an issue at all with the Twitter account posting the results. What I do have an issue with is the fact that I can't watch the matches for another three days. Mm -hmm. And for me, if you are trying to get to that next level. If you're trying to become this bigger company, and again, Stardom's growth over the last two years has been phenomenal, but that, to me, needs to be the next thing. And I know that one of the things that we've talked about on here is maybe it's to do with the translations. 
and the pre-match promos and things like that and be doing the translation so that we understand what's going on in the promos. That's fine. But in that case, hire some more people. It's not like they're short of money. They're owned by Bushi Road, who mm-hmm. also own New Japan. Like, and who, they're not being stingy. They're funneling money into this because they want them to run the Tokyo Dome in five years. Exactly. So, like, just, just go to them and go, we need this. <laughs> like, we need, we need two, three more people and a 4G and, router. And a, who is it? Stretch just said, would live stream and end the pre-match promos? Maybe, but also, if they're planning to have an English commentary team, that kind of mitigates that. Like, the mm. pre-match promos are basically there for English speakers to know what the story is going into a match. And to be and perfectly honest, it's not, like, it's not like Stardom has the most difficult stories to follow anyway. One of the no, beautiful like, things about Stardom that when I first started watching, there was obviously no commentary, and it was the fact that a lot of the, mm-hmm. the major story beats were very obvious, but you could also sort of glean a lot. You could, you know, you could imply mm-hmm. a lot. You could infer a lot. Like, and um, in terms of like title matches and how they're set up, they basically book random around their big shows. They mm. go, this will draw and put it on a show, and then they come up with a story afterwards. Like, that, like, stardom stories aren't hard to get across no. at all. So, like, end of pre match promos will be more a thing where it's like, it would be sad for existing fans where they go, but if they kind of just stuck, because they've been happening less and less recently anyway. Mm. Like they don't. Not every even. Not even every big match has pre-match promos now. No, agreed, agreed. And with pay-per-views and stuff, you've got the really well. We we've you know waxed lyrical about the production of the pay-per-views. The pay-per-views, the VTRs are so good and mm. well produced. They, they transcend the language barrier. Exactly, like, exactly. You, because they're not hard stories to get across. No. No, and the ones that are, the wrestlers do a phenomenal job of getting across. Yeah, and again, if it, the ones that are will be on big shows where they're planning on having English commentary anyway. So exactly. That, so we'll be able to get because the English commentators we got, we have Sonny who's completely engrossed in the product, and you have Stuart yep. Fulton who does his fucking homework. Yeah, yeah, he so. really does. He really does. And don't get me wrong, I am not saying to anyone, pardon me, there has to be live streaming. That's not what I'm saying. No. All I'm saying Especially is... for smaller shows. Exactly. For something like a Shinkiba, uh, you know, the Osaka two-day shows, things like that. But what would be good is either a same-day upload where, you know, we can just get Sonny and two other people, you know, one person translating the promos, one person doing the editing, and one person doing something else. Okay? One person doing the uploads. Get the show up either the same day or one day afterwards. That's what I'm saying. That has to be the next step because the upload schedule is what is a massive thing about what is putting people off no, the product. No, but that's the thing because I don't, I don't mind it so much when it's like random B shows because I'm not clambering to no. watch um, Sire take on Lady C in the first match. But when it's why like, the fuck not? If, if, you, if you're because Sire sucks. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um. But like, if you can't get your big tournament out there in a timely fashion, mm. like, I'm not being funny, All Japan right now is smaller than Stardom, All Japan can do it. Yeah, agreed. No, completely agree with you. you you've got to look at the moment, All Japan is a smaller company than Stardom. Mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. It's just the way it is in what they're bringing in, and the tours they're doing, they are a small company. They have a far better lineage, they have a far better history, but at the moment... 
stardom is bigger than oh, yeah, no one, it's just the way no it is. Gives, yeah, no one gives a fuck. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Unless it's the champion carnival, no one gives a shit about um all mm. Japan. Um but they can get they they live stream. Mm-hmm. And and I get part of the reason part of the reason Sardom won't like don't always live stream is because um we have Samurai TV deal with them as they bring in more Exactly. It's the same but, with pay per views. But like again, t- timely just get your t- big tournament up and like you're not putting every bit of a five star out in Samurai. Like get that up fast. Because mm. I'm not being funny with a five star, you don't really you just need a little graphic that tells you the um that that tells you the standings. You there's not normally a massive story going into a tournament match. No, no, agreed. And, if you, and if, I'm not being funny. If you need a big backstory to understand a tournament match, you're booking your tournament wrong. Mm, absolutely. If there is stuff that inherently goes, you know, like, for example, I, I enjoyed the Sayer and Utami match. There was little callbacks to their match from Budokan, but that um, wasn't imperative to the story. And that's the thing. There's history in a lot of, the, especially like Momo and Mayu. Mayu, are, yeah, exactly. Like, there's, or Mike Utami. There's there's stories inherent in these in these, but like you're gonna so, have that the more you wrestle each other. Exactly. Like you don't but like for the most part, if are you gonna enjoy Momo May more if you saw their match last year? Probably not. No, no, it, it doesn't impact it that. Doesn't, it doesn't matter at all. Like so, the most you might need is like Utami and Saya are tag partners. That's the most you might need. Something Which, if like you that. watch Stardom anyway, you know that they're tag partners if you anyway. Watch and, yeah, and if not, you're probably either gleaming it from Twitter, or you exactly. can have, or you can in your little graphics package, you can have a note like what we used to do in SmackDown, or like what we're doing right now in Ring of Honor, where we have like the little. Yeah, because, and that's the thing. I'm not like I said. I'm not saying that there has to be live streaming, but there is money there to put something in place when it comes to Stardom, whether that is the same day uploads or whether that is. Um, like, just a more streamlined. It cannot fall you, all on Sony. With, That's not fair. Maybe do what you did with Budokan, where you just put up the raw footage straight away, and then yeah. and then do the individual matches, and you can go if you want the promos, you can go watch the individual matches after where yeah. But if you want the show, it's there right now. That has to be, funny, has to be with, something. Because in not terms being, of Samurai, because mm-hmm. the New Japan shows they stream live. Yeah, and they're on when Samurai, it's Samurai, they're on you think yeah. about a lot of the G1 shows, especially the ones from Corican, they are from Samurai. And I, obviously, mm-hmm. I don't know how this works. So, you know, it might not be possible. I, I don't know. But what I am saying is there obviously there obviously is something that can be worked out or there is some sort of some something that can happen where if it is owned by Samurai, if it is owned by a pay-per-view provider, something can be put in place where you can put it on World. Mm-hmm. So something has to be done, basically. For me, anyway, as a as a consumer, especially during this time, you know, those first two days of the five star Grand Prix were phenomenal. In ring action, that was phenomenal. And I yeah, want to, I want to bring something up actually, Chris. You told in me in a minute. Of, in terms of pure in ring action, there's not been a better Stardom show this year. From top to bottom, there was yeah, no bad match, especially night one. Oh, night one was phenomenal. Night one was mm. absolutely amazing. Um, so <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I, I just... think we have a bot in the comments. Yeah, we have. Want to want to become famous? No, that sounds fucking awful. What want to become famous? Yes, that's why we're doing a stardom podcast. Yeah, we like a famously big promotion. We're doing. <laughs> um. Anyway, let's. Yeah, like I was saying. Um. When you are getting invested in 
a tournament when the first two days have been fucking phenomenal. And then you want to watch some of day three. You know day three has happened. Not, no, Pipao, not Mina versus the Clown. No, <laughs> bad Pipao. Um, but yeah, well, obviously, um, you want to watch night three. You know it's happened. And then the fact that you have to wait until, what is it, Tuesday? For it to, ha- for it to actually be able to watch it. That's infuriating. And mm-hmm. when it's something, you know, if it was if it was something to do with contracts or something like that, then I could completely understand we'd just have to deal with it. But when it is something that can be so easily rectified as literally hire more fucking people or it just, it that's infuriating. And I feel like mm-hmm. to put a massive bow on this, you know, almost 25 minute conversation we've been having, I feel like that needs to be the next thing we put in place. That has to be something we do. Whether that is putting something in place so that Sonny can upload on the road or whether it's a case of hiring more people. Something needs to happen so that we can go out and watch, especially during tournament time, especially Mm -hmm. during the Cinderella, the um, five-star Grand Prix, the Tag League to a less extent, but even so. Yeah, no one cares about the Tag League. You say that, genuinely, the Tag League last year was good. I enjoyed the Tag League last year. There's a fair few decent tag matches in there. Though, I will say... Um, the one problem with the tag league um, was the way they set it out so that you only fought people in the opposite block, which means that whatever the final was, we'd already oh, fucking yeah. seen it. Yeah, which, the point which where, made like, no sense. There's a point where you're being different for the sake of being different. It's like, it's, I remember there was, there was an old um, image that used to, I used to see get put around like Facebook, and it was like a bunch of sparks and like a bent spoon, and it's like, just because you're different doesn't make you useful. <laughs> It's a TNA syndrome, basically. Let's do a reverse <laughs> battle royal. No, because that's fucking stupid. I, I've, if I ever run a promotion, that's going to be my first match. <laughs> if you ever run a promotion, that that would be a sight to behold, my friend. That if, really would be a sight to behold. If Cinderella goes back to one ter- a one-night tournament, we need to have it live. Yeah, it needs to be live, and it needs to be one night. It was, it's shit over several nights. It's right. shit over several nights. It's bad. <laughs> Let's move on then. So we've already touched on this, um, but we're going to be looking at the first two nights of the five-star Grand Prix from the 31st of July and the 1st of August. And what me and Chris have pretty much alluded to is the fact that those two nights were absolutely outstanding. The the in-ring quality was absolutely fantastic. And something I wanted to talk to you <laughs> just to remind Chris of, when we first started doing this podcast, uh, we made the comparison between the five-star and the G1 Climax. The G1. Yeah, where, and... like, the whole point was it's more about booking than it is about match quality. And to be fair, that's why we put it up to 20 minutes. It's just we didn't have the, like, this year field is just better. Like, we mm. lost Jungle, but we gained um, a Takumi Aroha and that's point. Um, that's, yeah, so, like, We've lost some good hands, we got some good ones, and also Death is back. So, um, yeah, so like, yeah, but also it's a case of they started, because also a main difference between Five Star and um, the G1 is that before it wouldn't start in a big arena, it'd be like in Shinkiba and maybe the biggest show being Korokin, right? Yeah, agreed. Completely. Yeah, it's that, here it starts in Yokohama. So, like, you can't have a small-scale tournament match in a big arena. No. It just doesn't work. No. I believe the the 2018 and 2019 shows, they both started in Shinkiba. 
um, mm-hmm. in front of 200 and something people and 400 and something people respectively. And then obviously, I don't really, I'm not even going to bother talking about 2020 because of COVID. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a huge step up from, you know, a 400, maybe 500 capacity Shinkiba yeah, to, to like an actual arena, like to, to a, a 3000 capacity Yokohama Budokan. So yeah, of course they had to up the fact, that, and like- as well as the fact that it's not just going on to world, it's actually being streamed as a pay-per-view, mm-hmm. you know, they obviously had to, you know, up the in-ring quality, but even so, you know, the fact that uh, out of two nights, there's one match I'd skip. And that's the match that we're going to talk about first. I'd skip the first two nights of night one, to be honest. The first two matches? Well, oh, the, first, mm. the, first, the first one and a half. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, we're going to say the same it's, thing. I can I see that. Say, me and you watch these in different contexts, because I imagine you watch these on your own with a slight derision from your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And right. um, I ended up watching these with Belkic. So <laughs> Right, no, okay. Because um, he met... He messaged me going, have you watched Five Star yet? I'm like, no, um, I'm just going to wait for a stream to come up. He's like, well, have I told you I had a stream? I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, it was, it, it, so we watched in different contexts because like, yeah. I had Val- if you, I know you haven't watched wrestling with Valkage, but he is a very um, excitable fellow. Okay. <laughs> I, I, um, I can understand that, certainly. So, so like, He'll be screaming. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> it's like, let, <laughs> let's go. So, like, I was watching this at both a heightened sense. Um, it was both a heightened sense of um, hype, but also anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, let's let's just kick into it. Let's just get straight into it. So first night of the 2021 five-star Grand Prix was, of course, from Yokohama Budokan on Saturday, July 31st in front of 707 people. Now, we're not going to talk about the dark matches because for a start, they weren't aired on pay-per-view anyway. Um, but they have been uploaded to World. So just very quickly, the dark match on night one, um, was Riwaka, Rina, uh, Saki Kashima, and I can't think who the other one was, <laughs> defeated Lady C, Hanan, um, Azumi, and again, can't remember I have, who it was. I, I Genuine, I haven't even made how, notes about it because it was just a case of... Right, so... Go on, quickly. Kana- go on. It was Konami, Rina, Konami, that's who it was. And Saki, you're forgetting, you're as bad as Rossi. Um, defeating Azumi, Hanan, Hina, and Lady C. Something I do just want to ask you really, really quickly. Um, obviously, Nat's a poised back from her injury. Himika hasn't been on either of these shows, not even in the dart match. Um, now, obviously, I don't know the state of night three and night four, but the fact that she's not even in the dark matches, um, and I know that I just... Is that a cause for concern, or are they just trying to rest her before her big matches? Maybe, but also like, if you don't have, if you don't have any turn, they took her off the first bit for a re- of the five star for a reason. Mm-hmm. So if you, so at the end of the day, if you don't have matches, why risk yourself? Especially when everyone else in DDM is busy, so you don't even have anyone to tag with. Yeah, fair enough. It's just it. I wanted to be all right, you know, because the schedule that was initially released hasn't been adhered to at all because initially I don't think it was supposed to be Unagi versus Tam on the opening night. No, it's meant to be Raka, wasn't it? Um someone like that, yeah. Um but 
Ruaka hasn't had a tournament match yet, and neither has um, Himika. So, and obviously, I know that Aroha hasn't, but she wasn't scheduled until later on. Yeah, and to be fair, we, we kind of got lucky with Aroha being scheduled later on because half the fucking Joshi scene got COVID. To be fair, as well, we we didn't expect a rower anyway, and the fact that it was a rower when both of us said it's probably going to be Rin Karakura. Yeah, uh, Rin, maybe Mayhoshizuki. Maybe, lucky. yeah, maybe Mayhoshizuki. The fact that it's turned out to be a rower, I'm I'm just happy about that. So I'm not bothered that she's here. I'm just glad it wasn't Avery. Oh God, yeah, true. Um, <laughs> so we start with red block action with Minashira Kawa. Uh, moving to two points by defeating Fukikan Death with a roll up. Um, Chris, death match, four minutes and, and thirty nine in forty nine seconds. Four minutes and thirty nine minutes. Um, it was it was a death match. Mm. M- Mina was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, marvelous roster is yeah. The whole according to Valkyrie in the chat, the whole marvelous roster is isolating. So. Ah, there you go. That'd be one. Um, um, yeah, so it it was fine. It was nothing really worth mentioning. Worst starter match ever. Oh, my friend. Oh, my friend. No, it's not. Like, if no. you think that's the worst starter match you've ever seen, I, 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 I can't name any off the top of my head, but I know it's not because I know basically all of Mina's early singles matches were much rougher than this. Yeah, um, pretty much all of Yunagi's matches up to this point have been worse. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Santana and, uh, <laughs> No, also Bra- Brandy Rhodes has been yeah. has had tours in stardom. Um Mandy Do I need Lee- to remind you about Yoshiko versus Act Jessica? <laughs> we we almost went the podcast. Um almost. Po- we had a uh, Christ, who else was it? Who the fuck was it? Oh yeah. Um Mandy Leon beat Eo. Who could forget that? Mandy Leon. Who could forget? Um, yeah, this match was this match was it was fine. I I don't mind the fact that it opened and at least had the decency to be short. I think I think Mina attempting the flying head scissors on Death, despite Death being a good foot and a half shorter than Mina, was ambitious. It, it was a it was a bold choice. Um, yeah, it's like it's like that time Mike tried to be a power wrestler. Yeah, it at least it, they managed to sort of cover it up, um, despite the fact that Death nearly died, ironically. Um, but yeah, Mina gets the win, moves to two points. I, whoever won this match, um, I wasn't going to be particularly bothered by. We've said before that Death is going to play very much the Toriyano spoiler um, card on uh, in Red Block, so. She'll lose here, but then she'll beat someone like a maid or she'll beat someone like a Julia. So she's not going to go, neither of these women, uh, despite Mina's strong start, neither of these women are going to the final. So it, again, it's it's certainly not a match that I would in any way recommend you go out of your way to watch. Um, but it's for completionists only. Literally completionists only. Um, let's move on then. Match two, also from Red Block, saw Kogama defeat Natsupoi in 10 minutes and 16 seconds with the German suplex hold. Um, Chris, now this, for me personally, was very much a match of two halves. All right. Gary Lineker? No. I'm I'm impre- Gary Lineker. No, no, no. Gary Lineker. No. You go with Gary Lineker. Well done. 
Well done, my friend. The I... fact that you've managed to list a football person and in the right context has really impressed me there. Yeah, I... I know things. <laughs> Regina Falange. Um Yeah. You could have cut the... That's right, because I was watching... Again, I was watching this about Belkage, and we were laughing because Nat Depoy is, like, infamously quite stupid. Yeah, I've seen that uh, online. Apparently, she, apparently she's won the... I think it's the TGBW award. I think it's called the... Uh, yeah. What was it called? The the Dumb Queen? Bless her. And, like, apparently, apparently me Yamashita was very happy because she took the crown. <laughs> and like when you think about it, that's such a mean thing to have. It is. It it's is like, really mean. You're hiring you're hiring people who throw themselves on the ground for a living and then asking them to take a fucking um math test or whatever. Like it it is unfair. Come on. Um but yeah, so she's walking around going, Where could she possibly be? It's like, well, she's very clearly under, under the, ring. the ring. Yeah. Under the ring. Yeah, like let's be honest. She's lo- she's looking You'd have seen over- if she'd have gone into the crowd, Nats boy. So yeah, like, she is one hundred percent under in, the ring. She's in like bright blue gear. Like she'd stand out in a crowd. Like trying to look under the table. And I'm like, mm-hmm. not- have you ever looked underneath the um commentary table? There's too many wires going about for a bear to hide under there. <laughs> <laughs> um so then they went under the so then they finally found him got bonked and then like after all that stalling it was stalling because they were given 10 minutes when they needed five yeah definitely like, that's the reality of this match they needed five they, you can't ask Kogma to go 10 in a singles match yet mm, definitely not uh, th- th- I will say it was, obviously oh, uh, sorry, just a quick update but it's, it's not a math test unless it was just something like eight, eight times nine she was asked about the smallest Japanese prefecture and said Puerto Rico <laughs> Velka just yeah, Velka just, just informed us that in fact it was bless it, it wasn't a math test. Natsupoy thinks that Puerto Rico's the the smallest Japanese prefecture. Oh for goodness sake. Um, I can, do I even know any Ontario now? Uh, that's Canada, mate. I know I know that's oh, okay. Canada. It was, a, it was a fucking joke. I I need to I I'm just checking, just checking. Um no, in <laughs> a well learned woman. There was there was a there was a few things, especially in the opening, that irritated me. I think the fact that the referee completely forgot to count to twenty. Apparently, oh um, no, Belkis uh, got really annoyed at me because I kept saying, "Oh, this was under pure rules. This would never happen." Well, under ordinary rules, it shouldn't have happened, Chris. I know. Um, have, you ever, have you ever watched a big pure match? They never count. It's yeah. So they both hid under the ring, um, and then once that had finished, once we we dispensed with the nonsense, we actually had. A really quite entertaining high yeah, speed so, match. I love creative offense near the end there. Um, they traded, it was like a high speed match, it was a normal high speed match. It was just back and forth. Kogama kept up fairly well. Like, very clearly, there were some points where it's like Nat's supposed going a bit too fast for her, mm. but like, otherwise, she kept up well. It was a pretty good case for her in the high speed division because that's clearly what they're grooming her for. Do you think this is Kogama's best singles match? Has she had a, I can't. If she's had a be- another singles match since she came back, I can't think of it. Uh, she had a match against Lady C. She had a really good one against Azumi from Corican, uh July twenty fifth. That was good. Um, oh, I, I, I 
Yeah, that'll be just before the five stars. So I haven't seen that one yet. So. Ah, fair enough. That's that's really good. Um, I think this was probably her best one. I agree with you. I do oh, think that she was. By the sounds of it, it would be her be- best performance, but not her best match because of that ending, that start to whatever has to be cut. Yeah, it does. It does give her the sort of inbuilt high speed um, belt challenge. Um, I know that in the shows, yeah, in the shows after, um, in the shows after night four, um, I know that Starlight is challenging Natsupoi for the high speed belt again. So, depending whether Poi still holds the belt, um, we could see Kogama as the next challenger. I think, quite honestly, I think Starlight has to win the high speed belt because this is her eighth attempt at the belt. Um, and her second at Natsupoi. So surely, you know, having turned face, uh, sorry, having turned heel, having done so well with this heel turn, she surely cannot then lose again to Natsupoi. And it's not like Natsupoi's had a short range. She's held it since Doing- Budokan, so... Okay, but in, like, Japanese wrestling history going, surely they won't hold off on the big payoff. The Naito thing, yeah, I get that. Yeah, well, it's not just the Naito thing. How long did it take for Kawada to beat Misawa? Misawa, yeah. Um, how long? Um, that Dragon Gate this past weekend, where people are really mad that KD didn't beat Skywalker. Still, yeah. Yeah. Um, like it's just it like going. Will this Japanese company hold off on the big payoff? Of course, they fucking will. I've... I think they've held off on it enough, Chris. Eight, eight attempts she's had it this isn't the red belt this is the high speed belt i Do mean you know who was it who, who are those all those attempts at because most of them would have been three ways wouldn't they um i imagine so i think she i think she had a go at um yoni Yam, well death um azumi um nats play twice um i'm sure she's probably taken on mayu when mayu was high speed um off the top but, of my head i, I couldn't tell you who the eight star, like, she's time. gone against um but for me, Rio, of course. Um, but it, it, yeah, it just it. She needs to win this belt. She needs to win this belt. Anyway, um, if she wins the bigger actually... belt. That kind of because basically every belt is bigger than the high speed belt. Mm, so future? really, I said basically. Ah, okay. Like I can't, I can't make the big, um, sweeping statements when we have half a billion championships and only two of them matter. So. Mm. Though I must admit, they are doing a far, far, far better job of getting the artist of Stardom belts better. Well, yeah, because literally they just saw them. They just see the the artists and goddess belts should be the easiest fucking things because you don't have formalized tag teams. You just have main eventers and all these. Like, yeah. quite frankly, the fact that we were fucking up the tag belts so much at the start of the year shows that they just don't <laughs> care about the tag belts. Yeah. Um, we never actually rated Mina versus Death. I just I gave it two stars. I mean, I don't, it it but, was four minutes long and there was a botch. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Kaguma versus Natsupoi, Chris, what would you give it? Two and three quarters. I gave it three. I think I'm, I'm probably being a little bit generous, but to be fair, I think the the final stretch leading to the uh, lean to the finish, I think that was very, very good. It shows mm-hmm. how 
Kagama is starting to get rid of that ring rust. Yes, definitely, as you said, there were, there were points where Natsupoi was quicker and noticeably so. But I think Kagama did enough in that match to show that, you know, she is getting there. Um, her deadlifting Natsupoi into the German suplex was was good. I think she brings, like, a little bit of power to the high-speed division as well, as well as being able to keep up with the high-speed competitors. I think that's something that the high-speed division needs, just something a little bit different. So mm-hmm. I gave it three. Ultimately, we're, talk- we're quibbling quarter of a star, I don't think in particular. Oh, I, was, I, I wasn't quibbling. I was just going to let you have your race. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um, we move on then, and we move on to match three, which was again from Red Block, which saw Julia going to two points, defeating Starlight Kid in 13 minutes and 47 seconds with the Northern Lights bomb. Uh, Chris, what would you like to... Uh, what would you like to say about this? Fuck off, it's not Mark Andrews. <laughs> what the fuck? Why are you utilising the comment section, you coward? What are you doing? I've called you Mark Andrews to your fucking face, bro. <sighs> you a dick. Um, what do you think of this match? Of... Uh, so I was too distracted insulting you in the comment section. Well, maybe you should be a little bit more fucking professional. <laughs> professional? I'm not being paid for this shit. Uh, Julia Starlight. Julia versus... I've turned up with a bottle of wine. Anyway, um, but I'm drinking out of the bottle. Um, Julia versus Starlight. This is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, Starlight, um, it's weaker than their match in February. Because while Starlight is about as good a heel as Julia, Julia is not as good a babyface. It was a weird dynamic, wasn't it, to see Starlight yeah. as the heel, like a complete flip reversal yeah, from the February match. Because I'm not being funny, Julia. They, they want to make, they clearly want to make Julia into like an ace figure, mm. and she's just not an ace. If you get me, like she doesn't, she doesn't have that instant. I am 100% behind you that you need for an ace. Like the closest ace figure I can think about with her would be like an Okada, and um. And that just comes off of the your, their package to be very, very cool. Mm. Like, both have, like, the big grand entrances, both have the music that sounds like um, Hell's Descending. Um, but, like, as, in, as a sympathetic ace figure, which is what they were going for in this match, not so much. This match, like, and just, they were going for the legs, like, Starlight was going for the legs for a lot of this match. But honestly, the match got much better when um, Julia started dropping Starlight on her head. Like, uh, as soon as that happened, it's like, yes! yes! <laughs> it's like, that's all I want. That's absolutely all I want from wrestling is people dropping people on their heads. Like, that's it's all a, I need. The old Japan formula. The, uh, the, the just, I'm just watching it going, ah, yes, I remember being a child. I mean, you look at this match, and mm-hmm. I I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, obviously, it doesn't touch oh, their too. match of the year contender at Corican. Yeah, but um, one at Corican is probably still my favorite starter match of the year next year. It was an outstanding so. match, outstanding. Yeah. But there was there was little subtle nods to that match which I really like. I know that Starlight will come out with the mask um, in her second match as well with Saki, but. Mm-hmm. To come out with that match, when you think about what Julia did to Starlight, mm-hmm. not only beat her, but embarrassed her, you know, cut the mask off her face, mm-hmm. to then come to the ring with that mask, almost as though she's trying to remind Julie, this is what you fucking did to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that's that was what, really nice. That's what heel Starlight is. She's spiteful. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Even if she does come out to Julia's uh, entrance theme, but, which she did here. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't the entrance theme, it was the entrance video. 
Oh, it was the entrance video. Oh, oh yeah, I was watching this going, why is Julie versus Hanwak in um, Starlight's entrance video? Um, by the way, searching the comments, Julie can still grow. Um, she can grow, but also, oddly enough, again, me and Velcro were talking about this. She's not, she's not one of these people who are going to be wrestling for long. She bumps too hard to be one of these people who is going to be wrestling for years and years. She bumps really hard on her neck she, as well. Really hard. Yeah, she and whereas Mayu seems to just be impervious to that. Um, yeah. Because so like, Julia can Julia. still get better. She has gotten exponentially better. Significantly better. Like, we both grew up on this podcast. I was complaining about her all through last year's Five Star. 100%. And now, and, and now I actively look forward to seeing her. She has improved. And she will probably continue to improve until she breaks down. Mm. And like that's just the sad reality of how Julia wrestles. Yeah, I was just like, going to say, not, what, what a crit- sad thing to say, but you know, ultimately, yeah, I, it's I'm, unfortunately true. I, I can't criticize it because I'm sitting here going, "Yeah, kill her," but um, <laughs> but also um, like, I'm not being funny. We've seen this kind of wrestler before. We've seen this kind of wrestler in recent history. Like, Arisa Hoshiki was that kind of thing where she killed herself for a year and then will never wrestle. Well, she's acting now, I guess. But um, Or, like, Okada, where he killed himself for several years and now is broken down. Broken down completely, yeah, no, I guess. Yeah, and... Because, um, like, you look at the wrestlers who kept going for a while, they changed their style up at some point. So, like, you need to be, like, that smart kind of worker. Which, mm. I'm sorry, Julia isn't. She's not a smart wrestler. Her... All the good things about Julia are very like you look at someone like Ashiri, and like if she ever, when she eventually like get, gets hurt, hurt and can't go as hard as she does right now, um, she's 32, so who knows when that's going to happen. Um, but like when that eventually happens and she needs to slow down, she has an interesting ground game and she can be like a Minoru Suzuki where she can just throw hard strikes and not have to bump back. Mm. Um, you look uh, even on the side of the roster, Utami can be that person who can change starlight kid has shown that she can and azumi as well have shown that they don't need their high speed tactics to be compelling mm. julia is not one of those people she's someone who bases her matches on big moves and big bumps and one day she won't be able to take with bumps anymore yeah it, it's it unfortunately true reality for a vast like, can, majority of wrestlers yeah and i can't criticize her for it because i Watch and like when people criticize wrestlers for oh you're bumping too hard it's like and they're pretending like they don't enjoy it mm. like it's just a sad, it's a, just a really sad reality it's like how a lot of big musicians indulge in the lifestyle it's like how a lot of big Hollywood actors um for um burnout it's like how a lot of Brit Rez are pedophiles like it's just inevitable why. Why have you had to bring that up? That do you know what? Okay, um, <laughs> SWG two Mayu's been taking big bump, big bumps for ten plus years. Yeah, she has, but she has also been going May- since she was seventeen. Yeah, May. So, is a- unfortunately, you know, it's like, it's a harsh reality that the younger you are, the better you recover. But also, um, that doesn't mean hey, it doesn't mean she's not her thing. No, absolutely it's, not. She has to being, take time off because of a. Back. She has to take time off, and I'm not being. Uh, she has to take time off. She spent most of the year in tag matches. Mm. Like she, she, she had before the five stars. She had basically one major. Even the match with Tam, she was going slower than usual. The only major May of twenty twenty singles match we've had this year is the Ashiko match, and that only went like thirteen minutes, didn't it? 
I mean, you can argue that the um, Gauntlet match was a significant, but again, that went 13 minutes, and that was technically that... five mini matches. Yeah, and it's not just that she was going up against someone like Konami, where you don't need to bump hard, and no. and children where you don't need to bump at all. Exactly, exactly. You've got ultimate. You've got Saki who you don't need to bump for really. Um, in mm. fact, the only one really I'd argue uh, that is, I mean, I mean, no, there's no one really have to bump for because the other one was death. So mm-hmm. you know, so, and, like it's ultimately like, someone else has said that. <sighs> Mayu and Tam have both said that they are looking to retire in, in, in two, years, two years, which for the sake of their for oh, their health, yeah. I because Tam's, Tam's, Tam's another one where she doesn't really bump smartly. And no. like that and that's and Tam's another one where um she goes on raw emotion. So I guess if she wanted to slow down, she could. But then she'd have to put a lot more into her stories, which Saddam aren't always willing to do. So a Momo push in three years. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she will stick. No, Starlight and Nazumi will have leapfrogged her by that point. Um, Christ, I really hope if we're still doing this podcast in three years, we're not still getting this Momo being buried questions. I'm sure we are. Um, Going back to this match, um, there was some there was some beautiful work. Like Starlight's work on the leg was great, but when they ramped it up towards the finish, that moonsault into a triangle choke was mwah, beautiful. And yeah, then they reversed it into a it, backdrop driver into yeah. a fucking screwdriver. Yeah, it was all well. The screwdriver made me proper very quickly. <sighs> the uh, retroactively annoying. I hate it when this happens. Retroactively, that catch into a triangle. Is slightly diminished by the fact she did it the next fucking night. Do you know what? Don't care. Don't care. <laughs> it's a cool move. She does it seamlessly and right. genuinely. And I forgot. Think, is, she, is she up against anyone else who's going to hit a, um, a moonsault? Moonsault in red block? No, I don't think so. No, unless Death um, randomly brings it out. She could catch if she caught a one of Sire's, um Imagine if Sire can't get the Phoenix oh, no, flash in... away and Julia catches her in a triangle. Oh, no, they're in different blocks, aren't they? Never mind. Oh, Sire's blue block. Of course she is. Yeah. She has Utah. Um, so, yeah, we won't see it again. Maybe it's just... But I don't know. I think if you've done a really cool spot, don't do it again the next night. Yeah. I, I think that's being a little bit pernickety, but I do get where you're coming from. Yeah, well, um... it, it more kind of hurt Mayu match than it hurt this match, because this match... Oh, yeah, definitely. Good. This is the first one, so... Um... Um, it, it, fucked, it went 13. Felt like it had enough stuff in there to go before 20. Oh god, um, yeah, absolutely. I thought it went a little bit short. To be fair, yeah, and um, Starlight continues to be a great heel. Yeah, agreed. Chill. Agreed. She's just really good in every position you give her. Mm-hmm. Um, her entrance keep makes Twitter go really loud, which I'm not a fan of. No, I don't I know like what you mean. when I don't like when Stardom Twitter gets really loud because they because when like here's the thing, I don't mind Stardom Twitter that much, right? In terms of like. Um, Twitter scenes. The only one I like, like, what's weird? I we don't like Dragon Gate Twitter, despite the fact I don't watch much Dragon Gate because they're wholesome as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like they're just, they're just like, yes, I love my favorite. I really want my favorite to win. Um, but then like Sad and Twitter, they're they're fun. But like, if Sad and Twitter ever breaks out of that Sad and Twitter bubble, like mm. outside, they'll be so go into like either other Joshi Twitter or like pure Twitter in general. It's either breaking out because A, people are being overly horny, or B, someone's saying something stupid. Because mm. 
sometimes Stardom fans can be overly defensive about watching Stardom. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did like the way that they told the story of Starlight Kid's growth. Um, mm. You know, post-match, after Julie's hit the Northern Lights bomb, Starlight kicks out of the screwdriver, which is mm. fucking mental. But then um, she gets planted with the Northern Lights bomb for the loss. Uh, so quickly, I'm just saying this to annoy um, Delkic. Northern Lights bomb, Kensuke Sasaki's move. <laughs> um, but post-match, Julia starts wrenching on Starlight's mask again just to remind us of the Corican show, which I thought was mm-hmm. great. But ultimately, you know, saying you're not quite there yet, kid. But on her way back, she's limping. She's showing a lot of pain, which ultimately shows how much damage Starlight's yeah, Starlight done again. Got- Starlight got like when Starlight got offense on like when she got offense in on Julia in February it was a surprise when she got yeah. offense in on Julia here it was expected yeah absolutely and I think the fact that Julia's expectations have grown of Starlight Kid as well huge massive and it's the same thing we said with um, Suri and Unagi on the last episode that post match did so much more for Unagi than the match but here you know it was both the match did well and then the post match mm. did fantastic as well um what'd you give it chris um oh what did i give it i gave it four and a quarter so did i so ah. did i um right let's move on to match four of night one which is our first match of blue block with yunagi sayaka defeating tam nakano in 30 minutes and 16 seconds with taiji daata um, our, our first real shock of the five star, Chris. But weirdly, I didn't hate it. It was a good match. A couple of notes. First of all, Nagi strikes looked, you know, like strikes. They connected. <laughs> exactly. It's all we wanted. Just a little bit of power. I don't ask a lot from my wrestlers. I ask that if you're <laughs> going to throw a punch, it looks convincing. Um, if you're gonna throw an elbow, you don't need to make do as much to make an elbow look good. You just need to sort of lay it in. Mm, um, like I'm not being funny. The dumbest wrestlers can lay in an elbow. Tomohiro Ishii doesn't have a brain. He can lay in an elbow. It's true. Doesn't have a brain or a neck. And he's really mad about it. <laughs> he is really mad about people who have necks. Um, genuinely, I enjoyed the fact that Yunagi came out tried instantly to sort of lure Tam into this full sense of security and then was instantly overpowered. I love that. I really enjoyed the fact that Tam ultimately beat the piss out of Yunagi again. And Yunagi's offense came in during lapses of Mm -hmm. Tam's sort of in-game thinking. It really, really really paid off. Yeah, because essentially Tam just didn't feel she had to um, prepare for Yunagi. Exactly. The concentration just kept lapsing, and that was when Yunagi sort of came into the fore, and then Tam would beat her back down again. And that's mm-hmm. that's better. That's better than she has been doing. And I must admit, once I didn't think I'd be saying this, her selling of her ankle was actually really, really, really good. Really yeah, good. Well, my bad was it? It was deep, like I didn't ever feel the need to go, oh, you're not fucking selling. Her like, collapse into the corner when Tam whips her into the corner was great. Mm, really, yeah. really organic. Like solid stuff. And then um the only real downer I have in this match is they slightly botched the ending. Yeah, a little bit. Like yeah, and-, and then straight away just did the same thing. Like Marks. 
Well, I thought because of the, the finish was uh, Tam sort of goes into a tiger suplex, which sort of goes into a face buster, which originally I thought was a botch, but she then pulled it out against Konami in, on the second night. It was far cleaner, but that, you know, and then Tam picks Yunagi up for the Twilight Dream and Yunagi reverses that into the Taiji Data for the win. Um, I don't think it was botched. I just think it was really untidy. And, you know, ultimately, you know, Yunagi is, well, she's the future of Stardom champion. She's a rookie, ultimately. Um, it was just, it did look a little bit awkward as Plo Pedro said on Twitch. It, it looked awkward, um, which is unfortunate because the idea was great. The idea was there and that was great. And we've talked a lot about Yunagi's offense and where I shouldn't show a lot here because a lot of it was just Tam beating the shit out of her and her selling was fantastic. I actually really enjoyed her offense against Azumi on night two. So mm-hmm. she, it does, there's, there's significant she's improvement. improvement she wasn't just upping her game because she knows Tam. She actually got better. And they played on that quite a lot as well, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I enjoyed. There's been there was some discourse on Twitter, um, and I can't remember who posted about it. Saying <laughs> about discourse on Twitter, no. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. About no. how Unagi's taking Cosmic Angels off Tam. Now, hey, for a start, that's that's nonsense. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, it would be an interesting storyline for the fact that well, Tam, I... who just wants to be accepted by people, just wants to be accepted by her friends, you know. She was constantly shunted in stars. She ended up turning her back on stars to create her own faction so that she would be accepted by Mina and Nagi. For Nagi then to turn on her would be quite an interesting story. They won't do it. Yeah, I, I it think that's quite be, an interesting. I think point. if that's the storyline they're going for, they should play that over like a year, not like oh yeah, straight yeah. away. They, if also, this is the seeds for something like that, all for it. Mm. Also, Rob, do you like some forty one? Love some forty one. I've seen your comment. Chose to ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> you're not fucking funny. You, you do look like you like some forty-one. I I do like some forty-one. Yeah, it's funny though because I don't I don't look like I like the music I like. You don't. You you look like you have only ever listened to Slayer. Yeah, and like if you wouldn't look at me and think immediately think ooh nineteen seventy-five. I wouldn't look at you and think Carly Rae Jepsen. Right. Look, Emotion is the best pop album of the last decade. Well, last decade, yeah. So, yeah, that's on YouTube forever. Can you? I've went on record and said that so many times. Um, like, can you name a better pop album last decade? I don't care. (laughs) Honestly, don't care. Really, really, really don't care. Unless, Um, unless it's. So a guy with a green guitar singing about dicks, you just don't care. I'm a very simple man to please. <laughs> um just the blow job song on the beat. Yeah, exactly. You would be forgiven for thinking this match is a Tam Carry job. And it really isn't. It really isn't. Like now, you Nagi actually Inagi, does really well. Yeah, and Nagi played her role exactly how she had to play her role here. So um, it's like I can't. If you want to see a carry job, go watch Tatsumi Fujinami vs Sid from 1989. That's a carry job. Actually, go watch any Sid match with a good worker. That's Shawn a carry Michaels. Job. Yeah, go watch Survivor Series 96. Yeah, or like Gresham versus 
that Starboy guy from GTW. That's a carry job. Like, I don't remember his name. Starboy Charlie? It's, it's not Starboy Charlie. Star something. Char- Is he called Charlie? I don't remember. Is he even called Starboy? I hope so. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um... I do like the fact that Unagi is attempting. It is Starboy Charlie. Things. It is Starboy Charlie. Um, I do like the fact that Unagi is trying different things. I do like the fact that we're not just going to um, the five moves of Doom that Unagi has, and that's it. The fact that she can has. You really call them, can you really call them five moves of Doom though? The five moves of tepidness. That, the, fa- uh, the five moves of of mild um, irritants. Five moves of beige that Unagi has. Um, Running through a repertoire of five moves, but the fact that she is looking to update them is it, it bodes well. And again, she bought out quite a lot of you, you know, quite a lot of different moves against Azumi. So I'm very much looking forward to her tournament. Um, three and three quarters, Chris. What did you give it? I give it three and three quarters. If it wasn't for that last ending, we'd like tip the scales into great. To be honest, it was a really good match. It was easily. Easily, you yeah, know, best singles it's, match. It's, it's one of those matches you would not get as much out of if you haven't been watching Stardom. Correct. Correct. Like, like quite, quite frank, like it's weird because, like, sometimes, like, there's a lot. Honestly, most of Stardom's matches of the year are like that, though. Mm. Like, with the exception of like Utami's big title matches and say Mei versus Yoshiko, which is like a very obvious, like. When it comes to, like, say, Starlight versus Julia, if you're not invested in the Stardom product, it's going to do nothing for you. Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed. Um, I think, as well, the way she's getting into the Taiji Data is it's far less convoluted than it was, mm. or she just yeah. seems to be a lot smoother with it. Because it is, ultimately, quite a cool finisher when she hits it properly. Yeah. And when she transitions into it well, it's actually quite a cool finisher. It's just a shame the first couple of times it was, you know, quite difficult to get into but it's kind of like Will Ospreay Stormbreaker with the first two few times that it you had to yeah. do it read carefully and then he could just go into it and then yeah exactly like, so... cause when it, cause it went from being one of his biggest problems to not even in the top 10 of Will Ospreay problems so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay we carry on with Blue Block then with uh, Suri defeating Saya Kamatani in 14 minutes and 37 seconds with the Ruin the Ruin the Ruin the, the flame drop is what it translates to, but yes, um, Chris, what do you think? Um, I liked it. <laughs> no, I'm really understanding that. Um, because I really like basically everything from now on. I really like me and you got into an argument about this match, but not so much about the match itself. Did but we? More, um, with Shuri versus Sire. Yeah. Did we? Because okay, so you messaged me going it was great, and I'm like, the only so okay, I'll I'll talk about the match and then we'll get into why you're a cretin. Um, so <laughs> um, Saya threw some decent strikes in this match, mm-hmm. only when Shiri started shooting on her. Oh, I see. Yeah, we did talk about that. No, you're right. Yeah, no, like, we did talk about that because like I'm not being funny. Before Shiri started shooting, Saya was on her bullshit completely and like i'm not being funny unless because i feel like saya just got actually punched i'm mean, just like oh shit i i'm in a fight now <laughs> like i literally think that's what happened shiri just like shooted up shot on a uh, saya to make her I, hit well there was one point where i genuinely thought saya was gonna cry 
yeah, no. I, like... yeah, she turned to the camera and I was like, is she okay? And yeah, then like... she just turned around and proper lamped to one back. It was great. Yeah, no, but I was so... Because, uh, like, that's what... Sai is one of those people where she has good moves. She um, can get people on her side, but she can't bring that... She doesn't bring the... the um, What's the best way to put it? She doesn't bring intensity. Like, that's not what she does. Mm. Like, you need to bring the intensity in because then she'll endeavor to meet your level. Yeah. And, that, okay. and, that's, where, and that's where Tam sort of fell apart because Tam brings intensity, but in a very emotional, not like, not in a visceral way. Tam brings emotion in the sense of, and sort of in the same way as Saya, where she'll turn to the camera and look like she's about to cry. Hmm. So, like, when you have two of those people in the ring, unless there's a really well-built story, which the match at um, Yokohama wasn't, it's not going to go down too well. Whereas here, um, Shiri is, like, a badass and just, mm. hit, and just hits you. Like, just straight up hits you. My question in regard to this, like, I completely agree with you. There is definite change in Saya because once Shuri slaps her that hard that it echoes around mm-hmm. Yokohama, Saya starts delivering proper slaps and yeah, like they're not, instantly like they're, brings an air of like, legitimacy. Valky is saying in the um, chat um, Saya here back liked it. It's like, compared to Shuri, absolutely, but by Saya's standards these were much better hits. And like, well, what I was going to say to you was, do you think that? Uh, well, I don't know why I'm asking because I know you don't. But do you think that could have been a little bit of story, a little bit of character development, as in Saya? You know, Saya if, bought her game to Siori, and Siori basically said to her, if "This did, isn't enough if you want to beat me." If she does this against, say, who else does she have left? She has Micah. Yeah. Um, Konami. And Utami, we'll talk about the Utami match in a bit, but if she brings that kind of thing with them, then yes. If not, then I think it's just because Shuri, like, but I think the be- like, I compared Shuri to Minoru Suzuki earlier, but she's that's also something Minoru Suzuki's really good at. He can, yeah. for- like, he forced um, that he, um, intensity out of Sonata, who has no emotion. No emotion whatsoever. Whatsoever. Like, if he cried, he'd rust. Yeah. So... Colorful, quite... Very, very apt nickname. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's basically him and Dean Malenko and all of wrestling who feel nothing. <laughs> um. So... Yeah, like, if she continues that trend, then sure, I can see it as character development. If it's just in this match, it's because Shiri can drag anyone up, up to that level. Like, if that, like we said in the last podcast, that if Unagi didn't have to go 90 minutes of a that match would have been intense. Yeah, we, we both said that match was far too long. Uh, I just want to say hello, Armani Shoe Exchange. Um, just for <laughs> it's wild how Saya has become a consistently great big match performer and she's only hitting yeah, her two-year anniversary this also, week. In the case of Saya, she... That's provides, fucking mental. In the case of Saya, she provides something on the stardom roster that isn't there. Like, she's yeah. a high flyer. Like, I understand like like people used to fly more like EO used to be around hitting high flying moves. Um, from what I've been told, May used to fly around more than she does now. Um, but so like, she she's she's Stardom resident spot monkey. Um, she's here hitting big moves 
at like from the top rope and jumping to the outside and stuff like that. And I get lots of people doing that, but like she does it in sort of the stereotypical spot monkey way. Yeah, she brings that constant air of mm-hmm. like, sort of she, innovation as well, which is she, really cool. Yeah, she's kind of what Jim Cornette thinks Coach Wabushi is. <laughs> and just uh, just piggybacking on <laughs> just piggybacking on what Armani UXJ said. That you know, we go back to um the Yokohama not the Yokohama Budokan, sorry, the Nippon Budokan show, the All Star Cinderella. And you think about the fact that just a year previously, oh yeah, she was and Saya yeah. were I've basically were everyone... fighting for the future of Stardom Championship. Yet here, no, it's a thing on up and down the Stardom um, roster. Though it's yeah. that everyone we had problems with this time last year, we don't really have a problem with now. Stardom, no, agreed. Stardom, Stardom wrestlers tend to get better or are deaf where you don't need to get better. So, um, <laughs> like, you don't, it's rare that people regress in stardom. Normally, when stardom wrestlers regress, they, they're about to retire anyway. Mm, no, agreed. So, it's, I do like the fact that she hasn't been able to hit the Phoenix Splash in either of the matches that she's had. I really no. hope they continue that throughout the five star. And I hope then, they, I hope they find ways of getting out of that without her perpetually just eating shit. Well, yeah. Well, the two ways she's got out of it against Suri and then against Utami have been very different. And I thought it was a really good character point against Utami because don't forget, she missed it at Budokan as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got that, you know, again, to, I think I brought this up in our review of that show. You've got, to a far lesser extent, but you've got the Naito thing with the Stardust Press. You know, yeah. you've got, if but this like, becomes a thing but where... Like, also, it's, this isn't just in, like, one very specific case. It's like, she never hits this fucking thing. It's more well, like... She, it, she's hit three times, I think. She's she's hit it a few times. She's missed it more than she's hit it though. Yeah, one was what and we've like, never seen since the Wrestle Kingdom. It's more like a um, it, it's more like Ric Flair on the top rope than it yeah. is. Um, <laughs> you know, it's gonna go badly. Yeah, like it's gonna go badly. Or if you're against Ricky Steamboat, it might go well. Um, ultimately, Shuri defeats Sire. Um. Yeah. Towards the end, I quite like the fact with an, that with, an with an emerald flogen. It's I don't know how to pronounce it. It's called Ryan or Ryan. Look, I'm sorry, I'm never not going to call it an emerald flogen. That's fine. We can call I'm it sorry. an emerald flogen if you want. That's absolutely like, fine. You can call it whatever the fuck you want. I'm just never not going to call it an emerald flogen. It's like I if someone like... hit a burning hammer and went, "Oh, it's the lighter fluid." I'm like, "No, it's for burning." Fucking terrible move name. The light I fluid. I, I put myself on the spot there. You really did. You really did. I do the like destroy. the neck destroy. Always an emerald flosion. Yeah, no, that's what like, say. It's gonna when, be called an emerald flosion now. No, but like to be fair, not, it helps because I can't say whatever the fuck it's called. So also that like, helps. It's just straight up an like an iconic pure move. It's like you can't what is a flosion though? From what I understand, it's like Emerald Fusion, and it's just been translated. It's just oh. not been translated well. From what I understand, I might be wrong. Um, but sure like people in the comments will tell us. But like, for, for, same with like when Brie Peter was hitting um, the J- the Japanese Cyclone Suplex. So everyone else is Japanese um the Cyclone Suplex, apart from to me who called it Queen's Landing to annoy people. Yeah, I do the same. I do the same. Oh look, it's Queen's it's- Landing. Yeah, <laughs> be brief move. No, I love calling um, 
like when I'm around Val on my live streams, I love calling the Northern Lights bomb Julia's move just to not. <laughs> um, something I do like, and um, towards the end, just before uh, Shuri got the victory, Saya was on top. Saya was convincingly on top as well, but couldn't quite put her away. Because of her inexperience, she tried yeah, to be a little bit like, too risky. She tried to be a little bit too fancy to to get that win. And I think that's a she... really good story beat as well. Yeah, because because with most wrestlers on the Stardom roster, they either need distance to hit bombs or have you in mm-hmm. close range for a submission. Shiri is one of the few people where convincingly it's either. Like yeah, Shiri, yeah. until the Emma Flosing him along, didn't have a set finish, really. She kind of just finished matches however she pleased. Yeah, definitely. So, like... When Shiri goes, there's not really a comfortable position for Sai to go, who, like, Sai objectively needs that distance. She is not a mat wrestler. Mm. Like, at all. Like, if you ever see her go for, like, mat wrestling, it's fucking awful. <laughs> like, um, she sort of goes to the Akada school of mat wrestling, where she just reaches for the nearest limb. Reaches for a limb, that'll do. Um, yeah. But yeah, honestly, I, I love this match. I love the yeah, post-match as well. Again, Shuri is queen of the post-match. Um, proper, you know, attempts to show respect to her and Sai just slaps her in the face. And it was a hard slap as well, which is good. And Shuri just sort of nods at her. And, mm. you know, she's bought that fire. She's rekindled the fire in Sire. <laughs> Sire fire. Um, which, you know... That's what makes you laugh? Yeah, mate. You I'm an easy me- man to please. You call me simple. At least I laugh at, like, wordplay and shit. You're just there going, ah, it rhymes. How Doc- is rhyming not wordplay? Doc- Surely Seuss- by its very definition, rhyme is wordplay. Dr. Seuss must be your favourite thing. Dr. Seuss? Dr. Seuss is great. Um, Green Eggs and Ham? I can't... Oh, Cat in the Hat, that's the other one he's dead, didn't he? Uh, um, there's the Lorax, there's Horton, here's a who. My God, Horton, here's a who. Horton, here's a who. The Grinch, obviously. The How Grinch. could we forget about the Grinch? Yeah. The- Dr. How? Seuss is- how did we get from Sire and Shuri to Doc? I don't even want to. I'm a magical, I, I am a magical conversationalist. <laughs> uh, match rating, Chris. Um, four. I give it four and a quarter. I think I liked it a little bit more than you. Yeah, um, because I'm not being funny for the for like the first fifty minutes. For, I want to say for the first three or four minutes, Sire was up in her bullshit in the sense that she can't throw a strike unless someone's hitting her. Hmm. So Fair like. Enough. That that's a good third of this match at that point. Mm-hmm. So let's move on then. Further red star block action with Momo Watanabe defeating Mayu Iwatani with the Peach Sunrise Bomb. Um is in that, seven, is that seconds. There have been, I've seen three different names. Officially, Momo, who seems to be going into this tournament with a whole like no level bullshit. And just to illustrate my point, um, she was interviewed backstage about a new move and was after asked if it had a name. And uh, to which she responded that she's been too busy in the tournament and to bother thinking of a name. That is great. Oh, I love over just... the fact that you are just like, in, like focused really, on the tournament. I really want in kayfabe for it to be, she just did it in the moment. She was just like, I could go for a peach sunrise here, but I'm gonna drop her in her head. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop her with a driver instead. I mean, fuck, we might as well cut straight to that move then, um, because it was kind you of, know it was kind of like have you ever seen um, Shane Strickland's who's he called in WWE? Isaiah uh, Scott. Isaiah Scott. Isaiah Scott. Yeah, or Scott, Kill Shot. If you watch Lucha Underground or Kill Shot, yeah, yeah. Um, 
it's like that JML driver, but with less care about where someone lands. <laughs> it's like I, I I I saw someone call it a made in Japan kind of move, but it, like it, she doesn't like sit out; she goes to her knees. It was a variation, I think, of the made in, or at least it, it looked like a variation of the made in Japan. Um, very cut, very similar to Nakuri Doi. Nakuri, I don't know how to say it. Very, the, very similar the muscular to bomb from Naruki Doi in Dragon Gate. Um, apparently, Doi. according to Armani Shoe Exchange. So I'm, I'm not massively well versed in Naruki Doi, so I couldn't tell you. But it's like, is that like Cow Doi from the Cow Doi from Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun? I haven't a clue. That reference has gone completely over my head, mate. Yeah. Momo is a big Dragon Gate fan. That actually might make sense then, in that case. If she was a that big might Dragon... make sense. If she's a big Dragon Gate fan, that explains why she never gets a win. Why? Why does Be- it? Because people like her, so of course she's not going to get one. I'm making a KD joke again. Oh, are you? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make a Dragon Gate joke as someone who only watches a big Dragon Gate show. Yeah, I was just going to say, like... I love KD. <laughs> Boo, uh, boo! Wow, I, I think yeah, you're I'm not exactly right. getting yourself over here, buddy. Yeah, no. To be fair, I, I, this is where I unwind. I have to only have to get myself over on YouTube. <laughs> I say that I didn't. I, I didn't end up doing that with my last. I don't think I endeared myself to starting fans in my last video. No, well, that's partly because you're a bell end. I'm not a bell. End. Wow, it's wow. time. <laughs> Love it. Um, genuinely like though, to go me a bell end. This match was outstanding. I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, as Plug Pedro said, the move fucked. Aside from that, this match was fantastic. This match was um, excellent. The one that was was a slightly slow start. A slightly slow start. Yeah, yeah. Do you think... I've noticed this. Do you think that's more because Mayu... She, I mean, it's a rematch from probably one of my... Well, not probably, one of my favourite matches of 2020 from the ninth anniversary show. She beat her there. Do you think it's a case of Mayu being complacent Mayu, which is a character trait, a well-versed character trait of Mayu, that if she's beaten Maybe. someone, she becomes complacent dickhead I, Mayu. I, and there I was think... moments in this match where she was actively being complacent and dismissive of Momo. Mm-hmm. I think... That's a, I think that's a valid interpretation of what happened. I I think part of it might be because they wanted to go fourteen and we went seven. They almost went um eighteen. I think part of it was they needed. We didn't have enough plan to hit the time. And to be fair, that's fine. Like they don't decide how much time they get. So no, no, agreed. I did think it was an interesting disparity between the and the um ring entrances in Mayu, sorry, Momo storming to the ring, like proper storming, no bullshit, she literally stormed to the ring she was in the ring, that's it Mayu took that long getting to the ring because she was high-fiving fans she was, you know, doing all this, she didn't come out for ages either, whether she got lost, which is typically Mayu. she She did the Rey Mysterio special Exactly. To the point where her theme had to start again. I didn't even know the... Th- I I didn't realise that the theme had an end. I thought um, it just looped. I thought it just went... I just thought it did that over and over and yeah, over again. Yeah, it's on repeat. But the fact that you saw Momo's face and the fact... you just There was just... It was laser-focused. And that's what mm. I want from Momo. I don't want any laughter. I don't want any bullshit. I literally want her laser-focused on fucking someone up. And that's literally all I want from I want, it. And here, I want, 
She did it brilliantly. What I really want one day is for to her to get in like a proper blood feud where it ends in like a big no disqualification match, mm. and then for her to smash a rice bowl over someone's head. <laughs> is that um, some manner of comment to the Micah situation? Yeah, the Micah situation. But the we... Micah. Mike is really, really lucky that Stardom doesn't have a HR department. <laughs> yeah. Because she she has um, weight shamed at least two of the roster members and sexually harassed at least one. Mm. So... Armani Shoe Exchange, yeah, she does come across far bigger without the mask, definitely. Yeah, I think the thing with the mask is that it's a bit gimmicky. Well, gonna... I'm wondering because you've got half of, like, Azumi came out night two with the mask on, but mm. Utami hasn't come out with the mask on, Saya hasn't come out with the mask on, and now there's Momo. So I'm. I'm... I'm intrigued as to know why this is, if this maybe, is a new thing or maybe if this forgot. is just because it's the five star. Maybe they just forgot to pack a mask. But they have a mask. They have but it maybe. on their hand. Oh. Oh, yeah. So maybe they forgot maybe, to pack maybe, a mask. Let's not be on the realm nonsense. But This is a company whose ace can't make it to a bus on time. Who's a plane, I think. Yeah. That's even worse. It's fucking great. Um, yeah, just going back to what we said about Mayu being lazy, um, sort of lazy and not lazy, but strutting around the ring, knowing that she's beaten Momo before, and then Momo just deciding, Do you know what, fuck, and just belting the shit out of her with kicks, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's when the match ramped up because from yeah, here, no, because it, it went from nothing to everything all at once. Mayu starts targeting Momo's leg with the whole, if she hasn't got knees, she can't kick me in the chest, which mm. is very wise. It's a very good tactic. Um, but then, once we've had that, um, Momo just fucking unleashes on it. And, you know, whether <laughs> it's just... Go on. So, I just thought, um, okay, so you'll love um, Unagi unlocking the band move called the mountain range from the top. What? What? The mountain range from above. What well, I don't even understand what that means. A more sexual harassment incoming between wrestlers. Oh, amazing. Oh, lovely. Um, Prison. <laughs> um, I love the fact that Momo decided it was her, her turn to try and break Mayu's neck uh-huh. because both of those B-drivers, the one on the apron and then the running one afterwards mm-hmm. in the ring, it was like, there was literally no bullshit whatsoever. Mayu... <laughs> Uh, Momo threw Mayu around like she hit her with mm-hmm. the beach sunrise. She then hit her with like didn't even bother pinning after that went straight to this new move, you know, the muscular bomb, if we're gonna call it that. Um proper destroying Mayu. We're we're fa- like among the niche stardom community who listens to podcasts, we're relatively prevalent. We could come up with a, with a move and have it spread a uh, move name and have it spread among stardom Twitter. Okay, in the comments of the people oh, who are watching this live, can you please come up with some ideas for Momo's new name? And no, Armani Shoe Exchange, you can't just use the muscular bomb. I want to. I I want to um, call it the Gonzo. No. The Gonzo. Why the Gonzo? Because I really like that Muppet. Okay. And it and it sounds like a move name. Okay. 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 Um, I do like the fact. Stardom English was calling it Peach Bomb. That's what I assumed it was called. Um, I saw it was called the Peach 
drive the peach sunrise driver, the peach bomb, um, and then just it maybe hadn't been given a name. Maybe it's the A driver because she has the B driver. She does. Maybe yeah. Maybe it is the B driver, uh, the A driver. Sorry. Maybe, um, like maybe she can just come up with different drivers and have like the whole alphabet. Maybe. And then she finally gets to the Z driver, and instead of the Z driver, it's called Plan Z. And, it's and like, then she just wins the red bell with it. No, no it's like Plan Z is like, it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's lemon scented. <laughs> um, overall, this is my my match of the tournament so far. Well, joint match of the tournament. Um, I thought this was fantastic. Um, it's a very Momo good match. just did not come to play. I think her and Mayu have outstanding yeah, chemistry. But- my, literally, my main problem is the slow start, which I mentioned at the start of the yeah, movie. That's, that's perfectly reasonable. I, Me, personally, didn't bother me at all because, like I said, it fit the narrative of Momo uh, Mayu just not taking Momo seriously. And again, she has that record of doing that against opponents, not taking them seriously, starting slow, then realizing that she's... I mean, she did it against Iroha in the second match at Corrigan. Where she took, she knew she'd beaten her once, didn't take it seriously, and then got the absolute fucking bejesus beaten out of her. So mm. it's something that she does. And I think with someone who is, as we said before, so laser focused, especially in this tournament, I think doing that against Momo, it, it worked really well. It didn't affect the dynamics for me. In fact, it enhanced them. So I gave it four and a half, Chris. I gave it four and a quarter. Fair enough. Um, let's move on then to my next. Joint favorite. In fact, this we'll is my favorite. Yeah, I, mm, we'll we'll discuss it. So I like how you go hmm, when you said it's your joint favorite. Like me saying it's my favorite match of a tournament is like this big revelation. <laughs> but why go hmm? Because we both agree it's one of the best matches of the tournament. But hmm, agreed. Yeah, the hmm seems completely. Why are you shouting at me? Stop shouting at me. Did you unnecessarily hint? Right. I know you're wine drunk. I'm not wine drunk. It's only half a bottle, you fucking pussy. <laughs> Honestly. Um, yeah, five-star Grand Prix blue block match with Micah defeating Yutami Hayashita with the Mishinoku driver two in 19 minutes and 26 seconds. Fucking hell, what a Michinoku driver. Jesus yeah. Christ. Taka, Taka wishes. Honestly. Oh, do you know what? <laughs> no, I think this is my favourite match as well. No, know, just looking no, at my notes for this match, I think it is my favourite match of no, the like, tournament as well. This kind of have the, the so this didn't have a slow start problem of Mayu and because they went right into grappling, mm. but like it was actual like grappling, we were actually like jostling for position. This isn't like when Saya tries to grapple grapple. It's like an like they're actually two fairly compelling um, grapplers. Mm. And then, um, so like it was that for the start. And then, as soon as um, Micah catches Utami into the outside suplex, mm. the match from there just game over, man. Nothing, no, I'd, I'd be surprised if someone topped it this tournament because it was just so good. Because um, then, like, she starts going for the hand, like, relentlessly going for the hand, like, to the point where she's doing like her drop kick into the ropes, but hitting the hand instead. And I love when wrestlers do that. I love when wrestlers change up their offense to go after a limb. And then, so like, to, to, to be honest, the Sylvia and me don't need to do much because normally, it's not like the leg where like they're taking away what 
you stand on. If you hit someone with an arm, you can just go, ah, afterwards and not capitalize on it. And people will go, yeah, that's a decent arm. So it's basically, i say it's what got, got Goji Izaki through last year, but, you know, his shoulders legitimately, legitimately almost fell off. So, mm-hmm. um, so, but then here, like, it was actually affecting Utami. She couldn't hit the, um, she couldn't hit a razor's edge. She couldn't hit the BT um, bomb. Yeah, she couldn't hit anything. Because her arm was taken out and she's a power wrestler, so she can't do anything. And like when they got, and then like Micah did even better because she goaded, um, she knows Utami's a fucking hothead. So mm-hmm. she goaded Utami into a fucking lariat exchange, which further destroyed VR. Honestly, honestly, the selling in this match from Utami was absolutely fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. It, it's probably. It's the best arm sell this year. It's one of the best sell jobs I'm trying to think in the entire like of wrestling that I've seen this year. And I don't care if people come at me going, no, you haven't seen this. It is one of the best sell jobs. Well, to be, to be fair, if they, came out, if they came out and said, well, you haven't seen this, you probably haven't. So- I probably haven't. But to just it's akin to when Tomohiro Ishii was facing El Desperado. Ah, the leg crumble. The leg crumble on the powerbomb. This, where she's in the guillotine choke... And, you know, she's done it before where she lifts up using one arm into the powerbomb and she just collapses. You know who's, you know who's really good at selling is Keiji Muto. He's convinced everyone that he's an old man who can't wrestle. <laughs> um, but yeah, just it's it's such a tremendous match. Micah. The... Oh, you know what was a good sell this year was Akito and Yuki Ueno for like Selvit Ueno did. Skywalker vs. Shida was good actually as well. Skywalker vs. Shida was Good. It's ropey sometimes in Skywalker Rashida. Yeah. Um, Jamie Hayter versus you want to see this, but Jamie Hayter versus Jessica Troy in PWA was a good leg sell from Troy. Mm. So see, I I just think this. I am a proper. But also, we, we were talking. Selling. But we were talking leg sells, and I'm not being funny. No, like so many people just go straight up don't sell the leg properly, because mm. they'll start. They'll be, like pretend it's hurt and then be running about like a fucking idiot. Basically, Kenta Miyahara. I'm calling out Kenta Miyahara. Beep, 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 beep. Dick. Um, because like in his match against um, Shitara Ishina, and like actually, maybe because we were talking about this on the when we were watching the stream. Um, where like he doesn't think it's that big an issue because like the ace overcomes it or whatever. And actually, I think we'll get into that when we talk about Tam Konami. Um, mm-hmm. fuck off, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you made a fucking banner. Do carry on. <laughs> um, like I, on one level, I kind of get it, but also, I don't know. I think if you're going to spend so much of your match going after a limb, it should play in in some way. Oh, and it did here. It yeah. did here. It was yeah. so good. Because there was that point where she couldn't do anything. Like, she couldn't hit her big moves because her arm was so destroyed. The fact that the entire finish, we hadn't got necessarily that massive outstretch, you know, mm-hmm. reversing everything finishing stretch. No, because, like, because you look she... at a Jay White finishing stretch where everyone's <laughs> reversing moves and things like that. This, it was effectively three moves. Mm-hmm. Micah, uh, sorry, Utami goes for the torture rat bomb, can't do it. So, arm collapses, she collapses. Micah, straight away, chokes her out. From the choke out, goes into the Michinoku driver 2, end of match. Mm-hmm. 
beautiful. And at no point were you not convinced that Utami's arm wasn't fucked. Were yeah, you not yeah, convinced? Not. Like there was no point where I was thinking, why is she why is she doing that? Why mm-hmm. why is she doing that move? Her arms knackered you know there was no point where i thought that like you said with the larry exchange mike attempting and let's just forget let's just say for a moment micah is a still effectively a rookie yeah they're both super like, rookies. people forget that's, that that's why that's why i like this dynamic because it's for two generations of super rookies I like mean, and they, and they've always yeah. been like and that's been that's they, since they're matching just tap out that's always been there dynamic it's why i said it on twitter i think someone i think a man who actually disagreed with me i just forgot to respond because i saw it uh, <laughs> no because we're on different time zones i woke up at like seven in the morning so it's like i'll respond to this later and then just straight forgot to respond back like he's just a rude fuck i'm not a rude fuck fuck off um i i respond to like random people who uh, slip into my dms i'm not rude um I probably shouldn't. I got a dick pic once. That was awful. Anyway, um... how dare you get your sleep? <laughs> yeah, you dickhead. Yeah, Wanting I your eight hours. I don't. I, I like sleep. Honestly, like, if you know Chris, you know he doesn't get his eight hours at all. No, no I don't. He like, sleeps I'm... for about three and a half hours. He's like a yeah. vampire. Look at um... the fucking state of his skin. I'm talking about complexion as in pasty because you are Scottish. Because I'm there's no be, sun in Scotland. I'm not being funny. There's no way you could have explained that, which makes me less mad at you. <laughs> Just going after my fucking physical appearance. Fuck you. I think you're looking Mark Andrews. He's a handsome man. He is. A, he is a handsome man. He is a handsome man, and he plays bass. It's like if he has a do big you know, penis. Do you know what's hilarious? And what? uh, you know, I sent you and Garth that pic. Sorry, I don't know why we're not talking about Sardar anymore. But give us a minute. <laughs> um, um, Junior are playing, obviously near us. Um, down the road. No, I know, I know. I'm not going either. Fucking hell. Um, but I showed my girlfriend the picture that I sent to you and Garth, and said, um, I can't remember if I said you or Garth. Says I look like him, and my girlfriend looked at me and went, "Actually, yeah, you do." I was like, "Sake." I mean, I do. It's it's quite scary how much all that Mark Andrews in that photo. Your girlfriend's weird because I've never directly um interacted with her, but she's insulted me twice. Well, like. Your girlfriend. Oh yeah, yes, yes. Like what? Once I was, I just messed because um, Rob and Garth are two completely like old grumpy fucks, and so I messaged the chat going, oh, "I'm really liking the new 1975 album." Why? Because I I really liked it, and it, it's we, Garth and Garth. You haven't listened to it. <laughs> no, but but then um, but then like I as soon as I said that for some reason for some reason your girlfriend found out and sent you a meme about the 1975 and it was something Correct. like the 1975 um what was it it was like they just write songs about how hard it is to be 23 and to be fair so did blink 182 <laughs> that's literally that's literally verbalized text in their song i will just say now blink 22 are better than 1975 no they're not they're absolutely not. Okay, of course they're not, Chris. 1975 have yet to have like their bad period. Blink-182 definitely had their bad period. See, I disagree. Um, I don't period. think 1975 actually got out of their bad period. Have they made a good album? A brief have, they made, have they made a good song that isn't whiny bullcrap about how hard it is to be entitled? Um, no. Yes, they have. 
have you ever listened to Sincerity? Even Garth likes a 1975 song. No, he doesn't. Garth doesn't like anything. (laughs) Garth is an angry old man who sits on his porch in a rocking chair with a fucking shotgun telling people to get off his lawn. My generation will never own a lawn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fucking recession. Um, That that is literally the dynamic where he'll be like, get off my lawn. And I'm like, my generation will never own a lawn. In all seriousness, though, jumping back to stardom, that match, mm-hmm. just everything about the match was yeah, absolutely like, fucking outstanding. I, yeah, I loved it. Top three stardom matches all year for me. I did shoot my load uh, a little I bit should, with it. I, I should say that with um, when I say top three stardom matches all year, I'm someone who didn't like Shiri versus Utami. So I'm, like, I'm, oper- I'm operating on like a different scale from other people. Mm-hmm. I I gave it four and three quarters. I thought you he was did outstanding. Give it um, I gave it four and a half. Yeah, it, it, you look, you look at this card with with the possible. Well, no, not with the possible. With the exception of Mina versus Fuki and Death, and you know the first half of Natsupoi and Kaguma, the the up and down quality on this card is is just outstanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, every match hit. It hit in a different way. You've got wrestlers telling different stories. And you talked about last year, Chris, and I'm sure you won't mind me saying, you talked last year about how you weren't a massive fan of increasing the time limits. And no, no we both, because in last year's five star, it didn't work. This we year, there's yeah, only no, this been, year. has there been two matches that have gone above 18 minutes? I think there's only been two. I think Julia and Mayu went over 18 in this one. Um, there's only been... And the, yeah, and in they terms of going over like the, they needed to as well. In terms of going over the original time limit, um, only the, only the main and semi-main of each night has. Everything else has went under 15. So we haven't fucked with it that much. I don't mind... Exactly. Based on how the rest of Stardom Gear goes, I'm not too mad if there's not a lot of draws. So... No, um, I mean... Like, because I like, like, that's one thing that set the five star apart was like the draws are more likely. But mm. also, draws happen so fucking often in stardom now that if I see another draw, I might, I might go away with John Travolta's fucking friend. So, <laughs> Ooh, a, fa- a Saturday Night Fever reference. I love it. <laughs> like, like you weren't just ranting about it at the start of this it's a weird film. It's, it's not the film you expect. In raping, Jesus. There's a, there's a lot of films. Where like that's not what I expected it to be. Pokemon the movie. Oh fucking hell! Yeah, that racked me as a kid. Um, Star Wars: The Last um, The Last Jedi, and people have been bitching about it for five years now. That is true. And, that is true. You know, most people are just bitches. <laughs> um, bitches. Overall, Chris. Yeah, and um, you sent me a message after you'd finished watching uh, this show. And you made a very bold statement, in oh, my yeah. eyes anyway, in my eyes anyway. I'm sure you are still behind it. And to be honest, I'm sure there were people that agree with you. What was well, our statement? Well, my statement was, it, in terms of pure match quality, it's the best show of the year. Now, that's not to say it's like purely the best show of the year. No. Because the best show of the year is like contextual. Like, for example, I'm massive into Ring of Honor. Best in the world sits above this. And then like the Hannah Matinee. Um, sits above it, and that, but that's not for purely match quality reasons. That's for contextual reasons. Like, but like in terms of like pure match quality, it's better than Budokan because like, it, like the highs are slightly below it, 
the good stuff is about as good, but then we didn't have a pointless battle royal in the middle of it. In terms of consistent in-ring quality, I can't disagree with you. I, I honestly can't. Um, I think as an altogether package show, All-Star Budokan, um, All-Star Cinderella in Budokan, but yeah, the, in terms of an in-ring product, as ter- was, in terms of those matches, that, that but thing flips it. But, but that's the thing, because with a tournament show like this, your only goal is to go over there and have the matches be good. That's your one goal. Yeah. Your one goal is to like convince people to watch the rest of the tournament. Whereas, yeah, absolutely. With, whereas with like Budokan, you've had to like start and revolt and resolve storylines. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, you're not really doing that. Like any storylines you're setting up are probably going to be stretched for tournament, and that's it. Maybe a bit beyond for a title program. Yeah, and and by the way, Amani saying night two might be number two. I disagree. I don't think night two. Night two is very good. I don't think it touches night one. I think night two is very very good. Um yeah. but not like in terms of night two. Night two, like I'm looking at it now. Two matches, um, like most matches, but basically everything from Starlight Saki on was got on my thread. Nothing got, none of it got into like the upper echelon where, like, where, like at the end of the year, I'm going to be considering it for a match of the year. See, this clarifying statement I agree with. Night two didn't hit the highs of night one, but was probably more consistent. When you think about the fact that we're not bothered about Mina Fukigan, we're not bothered about Natsuki Kaguma, really. Yeah, basically, the only, the only, um, remotely down one as Inagi versus Izumi, which was still fine. Which was still fine, exactly. So I actually do agree that consistency-wise, I think Night 2 was up there. However, yeah. from an in-ring standpoint, the highs of Night 1 just blow it away. And to be honest, I'd be really interested when it comes to the end-of-year Stardom Cast Awards, I'd be really, really interested to see where these two nights well, feature on a show of the year. People don't tend to... When we think about best show of the year, when we get to the end of the year, we don't tend to think five like unless it's really good like five star this time but like the last time i can think of a tournament day that wasn't a finals where people considered it for match of the year was the first day of g1 in 2017 because it was all off the charts yeah because when you think because when i think about like say the best new japan show of last year top to bottom it was day 13 i believe with a g1 the one with shingo okada which was one of the worst lesser matches on that card if we're being honest it was but, the one where um, Meltzer gave like three of the five matches five stars or something daft, or he gave two five stars and then two four and three. Co- it was an it was a really good night. Yeah, it was it was the night where um, Abushi versus Suzuki, which was probably my oh. third the third best the first best um, New Japan match of the year after. Um, well, it, well, it was Suzuki versus Nagata and. Naito versus Good match. Okada. Those are the only matches above that one for me. So it was like, so like that was probably New Japan's best show. Yeah, but it wasn't considered from for show of the year at the end of the year. No, I do think, especially with these being pay per views, I do think it'll be up there. Um, I mean, I've just written the review for both of these nights um, for my Stardom book come the end of the year, and the more I look at the match quality, the more I look at the consistency, I just, I, 
I do think it will get buried under like the likes of Tokyo Dream Cinderella because of you know the main event and how good that main event was. Oh, it's not, it's but not you look at the rest it's... of that card, you look at the undercard. There was only I'd say there was three matches. You look at the main event, you look at the Cinderella tournament final, which I thought was very good between Sire and Micah, and then you've got the um, Stars and Oida tie match, yeah, but... which was drama film that, but that's that's what i'm saying though it's a case of those matches contextually stand up more mm. yeah like, at, the day, but, at the end of the day this is a turn, like it's sort of like how radiohead's best album is in rainbows but everyone talks about okay computer. okay computer yeah i know what you mean i know exactly what you mean let's move on then chris because we are nearly two hours into this stream and we've only done one night so <laughs> we probably we probably should move on to night two. Now, I did say to Chris, unfortunately, guys, uh, my phone has decided to fuck me over, and I've done my notes for all the matches. But unfortunately, I've only got the first three matches saved, so I will be going off memory. So if I get anything wrong, I apologize. Um, anyway, night two, again, from Yokohama Budokan, Sunday, August the 1st, in front of a slightly elevated crowd of 764 people um we opened with a dart match but again I, I i haven't watched the dart match so i'm not even going to bother talking about it It wasn't on the pay-per-view stream um our first five-star block match was um blue block where yunagi sayaka uh, got to four points defeating azumi in her first tournament match with the taiji diata in eight minutes and 21 seconds um I would argue, Chris, that this was actually more of a surprise than you Nagy beating Tam. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Like, remember the, remember G129, where Yano was just randomly winning? Yano was winning the block until, like, halfway through the tournament, and everyone was like, I know we joked about, imagine if Yano won the G1, but it's not actually going to fucking happen, is it? At this, po- at this point, I'd welcome it. <laughs> um, I mean, I do... Again, it was very similar to the Tam match in the fact that Azumi didn't take Yunagi seriously at all. Don't forget that Yunagi had Azumi, I think, in match three, I believe, mm-hmm. um, of her seven match series. And Azumi basically, it was basically Azumi toying with her food till she was ready to finish it. Um, and you get the impression that Azumi simply thought that it was going to be another case of that with this match. But then Yunagi just wouldn't stay down. And then you've got the really cool um innovations that Yunagi threw in. We've we've ragged on the woman relentlessly for her, you know, just those five moves of beige, and that's it. But here she had a co-breaker off the top rope, uh, off the second rope, I think, as Azumi was standing on the top rope. Um she had a co-breaker. Mm-hmm. She transitioned from the Defu and Katame into a sit-out face buster, which was really cool. Because before, when she got people up in like the gory bomb, which she does call the Defuhan Katame, she just sort of held them there and they flipped out of it. And I think it shows really, really good growth that she's actually, right, well, I'm going to transition this into that face buster. She's actually growing as a competitor. And I think that she is starting to land those moves. Mom, it wasn't even the big moves I had an issue with because a finisher, like I said before earlier in the stream, I do actually really like the Taiji Jata. It's just that you mentioned it last time, Chris, about the simple stuff like the strikes weren't hitting properly and things like that. But here, 
I do think that they hit properly. And again, you've got, I mean, Armani Shield Exchange just said, the size advantage. It's not out of the realm of possibility that Unagi no, is going to beat Azumi. I just think... You know what's kind of like in that sense? It's like Dak Draper in Ring of Honor earlier in the year, where he's mm-hmm. nowhere near as skilled as anyone in the pure division, but he just... yeah, Because of his pure size and power, he could sort of brute force and dumb his way to it. Yeah, and the way um, Unagi hits the finisher on Azumi... It was so mm-hmm. much smoother than it was on Tam. And I, I I understand completely what they were going for with Tam. And, you know, the innovation there, the fact that they were trying that really cool transition, I'm not I'm not going to rag on that. The fact that Azumi is obviously considerably smaller than Tam is probably making it a lot easier, but it she's hitting it a lot better now. Um, did I think that we would be sitting here talking about uh, Yunagi being at the head of Blue Block after two matches? No, no, I didn't. Um, I I thought she'd be dead last. But um, the fact that you can tell the story of Azumi being complacent about Azumi taking taking Unagi very lightly until it was too late to do anything about it, um, I think is a good story beat. So I don't necessarily hate it. And the improvement in Unagi is... It's certainly getting there. It does seem like most podcasts we are saying, "Well, that was Unagi's best singles match." Well, that was Unagi's best singles match. Oh, yeah, we did it with Daya, we did it with Micah, we've done it with Tam today. And this, though, it wasn't of the level of Tam and um, uh, the Tam on night one because it lacked the emotion that um, that night one had. I do think this was still a good match. What I want to see is what happens when she goes up against someone who isn't above her station or like way above her station so blue block someone like a Ruwaka you mean yeah because at the end of the day she's hitting with strikes and then landing in and then she goes to Ruwaka and then not then you know it's somewhat her trying to bring it against the big people and not full on improvement yeah, it'd be interesting like to see what would happen in a match where she's the leader. Because you, but quite frankly, it's better. I think it's better to base someone on their in terms of like what their overall quality is on like their either average or bad performances than their good ones. Because mm-hmm. everyone has really good like most wrestlers at a high level have a really good match in them. Like even like people like we look at people historically last I like great Cali. He has he's ha- he's had some really good matches. Like it kind of just happened this kind of just comes to being pushed. Right, but John you, Cena match but John Cena matches but, G- but John Cena matches are actually quite like really good. The great Carly Stan Chris. No, I'm not I don't think great. it's really good, Chris. I think it's okay for the great Carly. The man's immobile. Well Andre's immobile. He has some great matches. Yeah, when he was more mobile in the eighties. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of a hindrance if you can't fucking move or work in the great in the my, context see, of the great Carly. My favorite wrestlers are ones that don't move and just punch hard. I can see why you're a great Carly fan then. Um, well, he doesn't punch hard. <laughs> what did you give this match, Chris? Um, three and a, I think I gave it three. Three. I gave it three and a half. Uh-huh. Um, I do agree with you uh, in regard to where we're going with 
Yunagi and someone below her station or at her station. And it was mm. something we talked about with Sayurida because Sayurida had come off the back of two fantastic matches against Julia and Mayu. And it mm. was a case of, right, well, let's see what she could do against someone like a, um, a Hanori Hana, I think or she a, had at one point, or a Yunagi, who she had, I mm-hmm. believe, at the anniversary show. No, that, so, that's because um, with Sayurida, she's not at the point where she can really work with someone be- below her station. Yeah, and she she was she pulled good she pulled very well she pulled good matches out Yunagi and Hanori uh, Hana. I think we gave him two or three, well, I don't three, think, three stars. I don't think you need to pull as much out of Hanori Hana though. No, no, agreed, agreed. She's she's still below Sayurida Station, just not as much. A bit, maybe a bit. From what I understand from talking to Val and Conrad, she's come on leaps and bounds in Sealink. Good. Well, that's good to know. I'd like to see her in again because she it, it was decent. Mm. Um, we move on then to um, the second match which was a red block match with Starlight Kid getting her first win of the tournament defeating Saki Kashima with the Black Tiger Pile Driver now this is another match um, in 8 minutes and 40 seconds this is another move that I've seen called about 3 different things um, I've seen it called the Black Tiger Pile Driver I've seen it called the Black Tiger Punishment I've seen it called the Black Tiger Bomb um, I've seen it called a lot of things Um the official Stardom website is calling it the Black Tiger Piledriver. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a nod to Black Tiger, um, which is great. I love that. You know, well, the whole Sky Black Tiger Tig- and things like that. But My favourite Black Tiger fact is the fact that there's more Black Tigers than there is Tiger Masks. Yeah, I, I, was, looking at, I was looking at the weird lineage of um, you know Black who ta- Tigers. You know who Black Tiger wants? Tomohiro Ishii. Was he really? Yeah. Was he was the Tiger of the Dark. No, Tiger of the Dark, I think that was Oh, that was ACH. Yeah. No, but, like, my thing is with Black Tiger, it's because, like, Tiger Mask, you become, like, this big legendary figure. Yeah. Kind of. Like, you're taking on this big responsibility. Black Tiger, you become Black Tiger, and then you have to job to Tiger Mask for the rest of your life. Pretty much. Pretty much. The fact that it was Eddie Guerrero at one point was, like... Yeah, Rocky Romero was a Black Tiger as well. Yeah, he was. Um, my What I like about... Um, Silver King. Oh, well, Silver King or Black Tiger? Silver King, I believe, was Black Tiger 3, I believe. Ah, see, that's the thing, because um, Tiger Mask is weird, because with the four Tiger Masks, you have one and four who are like completely known as Tiger Mask, like Satori Sayama and whoever the fuck Tiger Mask is now. Um, they're completely oh, known for their... Yeah, they're known for their time as Tiger Mask. No one knows them as anything, really, but Tiger Mask, apart from like a few UWF fans. I was just going to say, yeah. Um, but then the middle two are Koji Kanemoto and Masawa. So <laughs> I cannot I still find it bad. Anyway, we we've got completely sidetracked here. Basically, the finisher that um Saike pulled out was fucking great, and we're gonna talk about it in a minute. Um having been burned, Chris, many, many times by Inter Bullet Club Affairs and New Japan's G1, um I approach you know this match with a little bit of apprehension. The best Interbullet Club thing was JY and Yujiro from last year. <laughs> that was fantastic. That was great. That was brilliant. Comes down in his trackies and like, just, just take the pin. And then Yujiro's like, no, I'm not going to. <laughs> and he kept yeah, teasing was... like he would. He's like, no, 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 I'll take it with time. I'll take it with time. Do you know what? Genuinely, that was one of my favorite matches of the G1 last year. Oh, yeah, it's re- it was great. <laughs> um... But I did enjoy, despite the fact that I was like, oh, we're just going to get loads of bollocks in this match. We didn't. We got the initial handshake where they both went like that, both pulled their hands away, started and then it was laughing. A high speed match. And then it was a high-speed match. A really it good sort of split. We've, 
into two matches. Yeah. We had the high speed bit at the end, which and I then, really liked. And then we had the head drop. <laughs> yeah, we had the head. We will get to that fucking head drop, Jesus Christ. But I did like the fact that initially Saki was mocking Starlight. You know, just yeah. that gentle reminder that, you know, yes. You're below me. You're below me. Exactly. Yes, you, the focus has been on you, but you are below me. And ultimately, Saki started to outheal. Mm-hmm. Starlight, you know, raking the eyes, pulling the hair, slamming the back. I thought that was great. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and then, yeah, we escalated into a high-speed match, and we forget sometimes just how good in-ring Saki is. Yeah, no, I've, I've been saying for... since Basically, since we started this podcast, that Saki should be in high-speed. Yeah, yeah, you have. Yeah, you have. And, and it, it's hard to disagree. Yeah, because she's fucking... That's how she... Because quick... Her, Main finish is a quick roll up. Like I know she, I know, I know she has the unprettier, but like my um, emblem, the pulp friction. Um, the pulp friction, yes. But Kill switch. Um, <laughs> do we have anything else? Do you have I any other fucking names you want to throw? I don't think so. I think that's it. I think that's all of them. Um. <laughs> Put in the chat if you no, um, don't. please don't act. Yeah, but <laughs> don't. the bits ran its course. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, her main finishes are like the people she tends to finish people with uh, quick Kishikasai. roller. Yeah, um, so I like how every time I say it, it's like, no, it's this. Yeah, just fucking use the name, Chris. Do you really want like I'll end up sneezing or something? Hmm. Um, like, so. She's just tailor made for the high speed division, and she kind of proved it here because she kept up with one of its most prolific. And interesting to see what she what happens when she goes up against Azumi at whatever point. They're not even saying block out. No, but yes, we are. Yes, they are both. Rebel. So I'm interested to see what happens there. Because then mean like, we get another rematch between Starlight and Azumi, which I'm very fucking excited for as well. Yeah, that should be fun, especially given their different roles now. Yeah, exactly. Um, in the case of this, yeah, it's just. We get it's one of the better interfaces. It's but one of the better Eduardatai Eduardatai interfaces. Oh yeah, Azumi is in blue. What the fuck are we talking about? Oh yeah, fuck yeah. Enough. Azumi's just we've literally just spoken about I, Azumi. No, my no, god. No, no, no. But what's funny is like, oh no, is it like she's not? I mean, you're like, oh no, yes, she is. I mean, you fucking gaslit me, very good one. I didn't. It was all I've, you. I've, she, I've, you put me off. I've I've read about this on the internet. You're cyberbullying me. <laughs> Now we are live streaming. Yeah, I am effectively cyberbullying you. Yes, that's correct. Um, yeah, yeah, this is just really good, really fun. It holds up next to most of the high speed title matches from this year. Um, I think the only one that beats it is probably not to play Starlight Kid. I think that's yeah, this, probably the only one that beats is, it. This is about the same level as Poi Izumi for me. Yeah, Poi Izumi, I agree. From Budokan. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It's definitely better than Nats Boys match. Not Nats Boys match. Um, oh yeah, who was Nats Boy defended against? Azumi defended against Death. Oh no, Nats oh, Boys defended oh, yeah, against. It's that. It was better than the Azumi Death match. Um, I think Nats Boy defended against Death. No, I just Death. I think has Boy defended against Death. Maybe. It doesn't. It, it's irrelevant anyway. Yes, it was a very good match. I don't think it was quite as good as the Starlight um, Star yeah. defense, but it's certainly better than the vast majority. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not better. It's like it upholds the standard because you forget Azumi was amazing as high speed champion. 
She was. She had some very good was, matches. There was Mayho Shizuki and Starlight before. But they were 2020. Like, Both yeah, of them no. were 2020. But like, I'm, I mean, in this current era. Basically oh, sorry, yeah. Basically everything post-Riho. <laughs> yeah, post-Riho. <laughs> the dark ages like, of the high-speed no, time. It's super weird because like, the high-speed, like in modern stardom the last few years, it basically goes, Hazuki, dark ages, Zuko. <laughs> And then just nothing happened. And then, look, Azumi. Um, one thing that has come out of this, Starlight Kid, I know that, to be fair, she is sort of, she's the underling of Oida Tai. Yeah. I do see her as a leader of Oida Tai. I know she's technically not, but I, I see her as more of a leader of Oida Tai, definitely going forward until Tora comes back. I see her as the biggest star, not the leader. Do my... you still see Saki as the leader of Konami? I, I, I think it's a case of double-headed monster with Saki and Konami. See, I, I do think they're going to elevate Starlight Kid because they she might, does. Armani just said she feels like the leader. Yeah, well, she feels like the bit. She's definitely the, like the bit, like especially in new fans, she's everyone's favorite, and I, obviously because she's one of the better wrestlers of Stardom this year. Mm. And I get that, but like. I know. I think if you want to elevate her to that, she needs more time than a couple months has been. I get Tori's injury, and you might want to fast track it, but whatever. I see no point in doing that. She, like, I think she serves as much as the person proving herself and getting, and like having that slow going to the top of the faction, than just immediately going, oh no, um, like have her become the leader just. As Tora comes back and create a power dynamic or something. Okay, so all right. Okay, let's move on from that because I think I think we're going to get more of a character arc with Starlight Kid as this progresses. So I think we can talk a little bit more about this the further we get into the tournament. What I will say is, and this is something that we've both said, for Starlight Kid to reach that next level, and it's the same thing we've said about Azumi. She needs that impact finishing move. It can, you know, we talk about Azumi's um, finishing move is effectively a roll up in the Azumi Sushi. She has used the cross arm breaker and things like that in the past, but you know, she finished someone off the other um, a couple of weeks ago with a double diving foot stop stomp. Well, that can't be a finisher against someone like a Suri or someone like a yeah. someone like a Starlight. Kid. So, so Starlight now has that impact finisher. Exactly, Starlight um, has that impact finisher, which now not only does it look fucking great. It fits her character, and just with the venom with which she hit Saki with it, and Jesus Christ, it, I, I did fear for Saki at points, but I, I, I just love this heel style, I get. I really do. She's grown into this so much. Hey Rob, what's Starlight Kid's favorite David Bowie album? Oh God, Black Star. <laughs> Hey, hey Rob, what kind what kind oh, of I guitar, hate you so much. What kind of guitar amplifier does Starlight Kid use? Go on. Blackstar. Anything else? Um what's Starlight Kid's favorite No Gallagher's High Flying Bird song? Blackstar Is... dancing. God, I hate you. <laughs> it's like I hate you so much. You know, my favorite part is that now you can, you can see how like legitimately happy those jokes make me. What did you give it, Chris? Um, a black star out of five. Black star out of five, fair enough. I've given it three and a half. Oh, I gave it three and three quarters. 
Oh, did you make your thread? Yeah, I made my thread, yeah. Every, oh. um, everything, um, spoilers, everything in, um, from this onwards makes my thread. Fair enough. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to bemoan you that. I think it was a very good match. Really enjoyed it. Like this match, red star block action, Natsupoy getting her first two points, defeating Momo Watanabe with the fairy blink, apparently this roll-up is called, in nine minutes and 44 seconds. Not so that's why you know she does like the inverted like splash where it's like it she ends in the same position as Moonsault but she goes from the front. Yeah, yeah. Um I call it the sparkle splash and it annoys people. Yeah, absolutely. Momo buried. <laughs> <laughs> um this match was honestly when the blocks first got announced, this was a match I was this, it wasn't a match that instantly jumped out as like the but it was one I was really, really that, looking forward to. This match that struck jumped out of me of oh, this would be good. Um, but it didn't it didn't jump out of me as interesting. You know, like mm. it didn't it, it didn't jump out of me as something I'd be able to sink my teeth into. And it kind of lived up to that. I have nothing really to sink my teeth into other than it was a really good match with really cool moves. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Um sometimes that's all you need though. That's literally sometimes all you need. Mm. Um like But in terms of everyone else, I don't know how I don't know what else you could do this match other than have it to be just a cool match with cool moves. I'm trying to see what I said about and I've lost my notes, so I'm trying to find it again. Here we go. Um oh yeah, the thing I have have is just Momo continues to have real I'm going to win this tournament fuck you energy. You know, she yeah, lost the point, but you know, the energy's there. Is that whole no bullshit? Yeah. Which it has that has to be what Momo is. She has to be that no bullshit thing. I loved when Natsupoi started this match and attempted to make it a high speed match, mm. like straight away at the gates, hits her with the draw kit, tries to roll her up off the ropes. Momo had none of this and mm. just booted her in the chest. Yeah. And then just continued to boot her in the chest. And it was mm. great. And then you've got Natsupoi realizing, right, I actually have to up my game here because just doing mm. the high flying stuff is not going to get me the win Can- here. So can I quickly in the chat stretch going on the top of Queen's Quest losing the bottom of DDM? That's just a round robin. That's just how that works. You look at any round robin, those power dynamics yeah, yeah. just stop. Ma- like you look at any other point in the year. Like I'm gonna, I could use a million different round robins. I'm going to use um, New Japan just because it's what most people know. It's the only time Ishii could ever pin a JY. The amount of times that Ishii pins the champion is unreal. Yeah, like it's just. That's just how round robins go. It's where, it's the place where big opportunities win, and it's not like Nats. It's not like he's saying the bottom of DDM. It's not like Nats have always been positioned as a loser. Well, she's she's a champion. Her um her first uh, her opening start of uh, twenty twenty one wasn't great, but since she's been champion, obviously her winning percentage has improved massively. And you look at the vast majority of the field. I mean, if you look at um. Red Wait. block, for example, you have got one, two, three, four, five of the field are one and one. Mm-hmm. And it's the case and of all of the um, others have only had one match, and Himiko and also, hasn't had any. And also, when you think about it, with like it makes cha- sense for this champion to pin Momo because you don't want Momo having a claim to the high speed, you don't want to sort of muddy that scene in that way because that's not I- where Momo's meant to be. I don't. I don't think that would have been the case. But even so, yeah, you're right. You don't. 
it makes sense for Natsupoi to win here. It doesn't do any damage to either. And exactly, it wasn't like, you know, Natsupoi defeated her decisively with, you know, um, the Ferial Dream. It was or... coded in Fluke. Yeah, exactly. She, you know, it wasn't like she tried, she beat her with the Fairy Train. She beat her with effectively a flash pin, a very cool and very innovative flash pin, but a flash pin nonetheless. Momo spent the vast majority of this match on top. What mm -hmm. I do want to talk about is how Natsupoi adapted her offense when she realized that going high going high speed terrible decision <laughs> so what she did was she just tried to fuck up momo's back because mm -hmm. obviously momo's at the moment quite heavily strapped on her back so just decided that she was going to kick the shit out of momo's back and that variation of the camel clutch that she locked momo in yeah what the fuck even was great <laughs> that looked great that looked like it really really hurt yeah. Shout out to our boy Muhammad Hassan, <laughs> friend of the show Muhammad Hassan. Um, you know, my friend texted me the other night going, "Oh, I just got a pizza delivery and the guy looked like Muhammad Hassan." I'm like, "Did you ask him how Devour he's doing?" <laughs> um, yeah, this was great. I love this match. I think it ended in the right way. You aren't burying Momo. You know, Momo came out looking extremely strong against Mayu. Really definitive win against Mayu, and effectively a fluke loss against Natsupoi. I don't think this does anything for her, anything bad for Momo whatsoever. Natsupoi has had two very different matches and looked good in both. Momo has had two very different matches and has looked very, very good in both. So, in fact, in terms of Momo, I think there's only really one person. Um, no, maybe two. Two people who have had better matches consistently over the weekend, and that's Utami and uh, Suri. Um, Micah? Oh, Micah has had two very, very, very good matches. Yeah, because you say Suri and Utami back. Yeah, so... and they both play, they both had Micah, so... Micah. Yeah. That's the thing, though. You know, I've said that. It's the quality, again. The quality of the matches has been unreal. Um, anyway, Chris, what did you give this? Um, I gave it three and three quarters. It was very good. Um, nothing, it's noteworthy, not mind-blowing. What did you give it? Sorry, I was reading the comments. <laughs> three and three quarters. I gave it four. So again, we're we're roughly on we're roughly on um on kilter. Um, I feel like we're disagreeing on this this next match because you said you had a rant lined up for this one. No, 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 I didn't. No, no. Um, Armani Shiroji makes all the rest. Um, the flash pins early in the tournament is great. Makes all the near falls throughout the rest of the tournament more. And, it, and I'm going to give some. I'm going to give some because in this five star, everyone, a lot of people seem to be agreed as Julia. I'm one of the people who don't think it is. I don't. Um, I, it's another thing me and Velcro were talking about. I don't think she needs for five star because the five star isn't for G one. It's not to get a, you get a title shot, but it's not like that's not the reason you want to win the five star. You want to win mm -hmm. the five star because it's uh, an honor to win the five star. It's not the Royal Rumble. So like, Julie would be just as good do, having a good tournament and then challenging whoever was champion after that. She doesn't need it. I do think it no. is. It, it could be some. It could be something, but like, I don't think it's as certain a thing as some people have been putting out there. No, I mean, obviously with the, obviously with how much we, press Stardom got with the Tokyo Dream Cinderella show, it wouldn't surprise me if Shuri won it, and that was the way they rerun Shuri versus Utami. Maybe. Um, I think it's. I, th I get. But again, I think there's richer story there if they go to a draw and it keeps them both out the out the tournament final. That would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Yeah, and um, 
and when it comes to the tournament final, it gets decided on the same day. So you don't need to have it be a big match that will draw. In fact, you don't want it to be a big match that will draw because you'll be wasting that match. Yeah, agreed. agreed. I think of last year, it was Utami versus Himika, and it was abjectly fine. Yeah. So, like, I think it's better served elevating someone as opposed to doing Julia, who it wouldn't elevate. It would just be a reason to give her a title shot, which you could give her at any time because it's Julia. Yeah. And she hasn't challenged for the Red Belt yet either at any point. No. So it's not like it's a, you know, it's an ill-deserved, um, what's it? She's got the highest winning percentage in stardom as well. Yeah, so. like she, she can just basically, if it, stardom had rankings, she'd be fighting at the next big show. Yeah, so, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, so, like, it, I've actually, it, it's a completely white, going back to what my original point was going to be, um, I've actually, there's, in terms of people who can conceivably win this tournament or go to the finals of this tournament, I'm seeing Utami, Micah, Shuri, Takumi in blue. And then mm-hmm. in red, Julia, Momo, um, Mayu, and... and maybe Starlight. Maybe Starlight. I think Mayu and Starlight will cancel each other out on the final night. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've like So, like, all these small... Wins that like may like in a bubble, purely in a bubble, we seem weird. They might mm. seem weird going through the tournament. They're going to become more because that's just how Rod and Robins work. They're going to become we're going to be looking at Poi versus we might be looking at Poi versus Momo later in the tournament going, Oh no, this is going to fuck up Momo. Quite possibly, quite possibly. Mm. That's a good point. Let's move on then. So, uh, Blue Stars next. Blue Block with Tam Nakano getting the first two points of the tournament by defeating Konami in 10 minutes and 45 seconds with uh, Twilight Dream. I, I managed to go. Uh, I, I managed to go the weekend. The only two things I had spoiled all weekend was Result of Momo versus May, which I saw coming anyway. Mm-hmm. And then this. And the reason I know this is because I forgot, I forgot the five stars two days in a row because normally there's a couple of days between. Five, five stars, so I just, it completely just left my mind, because it was just as I woke up, went on Twitter, and just Val being really sad that Konami lost again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was in-ring quality, hadn't got an issue with it. Mm. Um, Konami getting after the arm, really, really good, um, using the chair early on to go, like, I think the most face thing Konami's done all year is attack Tam Nakano early so we don't have to hear the rest of her fucking dreadful entrance theme. <laughs> so I was instantly behind Konami after that. Oh, it's, it's the worst. It's easily the worst stardom theme, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just Has the worst. Has Oscar ever been used well in a wrestling theme? Oh, you, you Maria Yuragi's theme. There we go. Never mind. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah, fair enough. You've cancelled out your own plots at them. Like but yeah, that that Tam Nakano's theme is dreadful. So Konami no, finishing awful, yeah. that was great early. Um yeah. and then like what we'll see here, here this is the because clearly we want Tam to be like an ace a, an yeah, ace light figure. The underdog, yeah. Yeah, Not like necessarily the, the underdog, but the person who could take a lot like, of money from still come out as a win. The John Cena, for the lack of better terms, where she's gonna be beat up all match and then get her big win. Basically, how Mayu's red belt reign went. Yeah, yeah, because that's right. Because I recently watched. Um, because for my next video, I'm redoing my 2020 video because I fucking hate it. So I'm I'm a crazy person. So I've went through my whole over the last few weeks. I've just been going through my whole um 2020 shortlist. 
and by shortlist it's fifty matches. Um, so I, so I, so I rewatched Mayu versus Shiri, and you know what? It's much better than I initially thought it was, because um, it starts out Mayu trying to play Shiri's game, mm-hmm. and then she's like, "Oh no, this isn't going to work," and she just starts throwing herself at her like it's um, Darby Allen. Yeah, <laughs> and then. That gets cut off because she eats shit, shit on a moonsault and Shiri starts attacking her again. And it's basically like Homer Simpson in, um, when he's a boxer. Mm. Where Shiri just hires out and eventually just gets hit with a fucking Um Yeah, agreed. Yeah, here, um, Tam came from behind, start, um, was attacked before she was ready to start. Um, got completely decimated with weapons. Konami was a dick, and then mm-hmm. Tam was able to make a comeback. It was a short, contained, fun ace figure kind of story, perfect for um Tam's first. I'm gonna say real match because I don't think an Unagi match should count as your first match. Um, <laughs> like it's a it's a it's the first time we like despite the fact she won and then lost the night before. It's the first time we went in believing Tam could lose this because mm. like tournament Konami's like tournament Ishii she's suddenly better than everyone and she might actually win something yeah um do you think the right version won honestly I don't think anyone gets anything bad out if they're not gonna because here's the thing Konami's at the level where she beat Tam she'd have to fight for the white belt later so if we don't want her to fight for the white belt later you don't give her the win here. It's as simple as that. And they clearly don't want Konami fighting for the white belt, so they're not going to have her pin time. It's as simple as that. I think the people who... I, I think... Um, would I have liked Konami to have win? Yeah, because she doesn't win singles matches over time, so it would be a nice mm. change. I don't... like The way like the result of this match has been in a lot of discourses, like... This wasn't a be all end all win for Konami. It's not like um, she got to the end of a big road and then lost to Tam. She had a tournament match with a champion and lost. Mm. So in terms of the white person won, if they don't Konami challenging for the white belt, then yeah, the white the white person won. It just with her getting, and I know we shouldn't get too hung up on draws in Stardom or hung up at all. Yeah, but also, in stardom. I know, but she gets a lot, she's drawn with both Tam and Utami. But that here's going to be term, my next thing. Do you think she'll of, beat Utami then? Can I be honest with you? In terms of because all the single champions are in fucking blue block apart from that support. Yeah, they are. And oh, and Mina. Um, so in terms of this single champion, the one she has story with is Shiri. I think she should beat Shiri. Like I understand the SWA because okay. A few points of business. The SWA belt means nowhere near as much as the white belt or the red belt, obviously. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, like The only reason people care about the SWA belt is because Shiri's in it, or has it, which creates mm-hmm. a problem because Shiri's not going to hold it very long because they very clearly, because there's a decent chance they're going to make this Utami rivalry into something bigger. Yeah. As as opposed to, like, as it is now, where it's like they had one really good match. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few matches before. But, like, you know what I mean? Um, but with Konami, we talked about this at the um, Budokan show. There's stuff yeah. to build on there. So how do you get people to care about the SWA belt? You build a hot feud around the SWA belt. Now I get in this feud, the SWA belt's superfluous, but it's what the belt is. What was fell out of the Budokan 
I've, I've, in terms of a more complete story, if she's going to pin any champion, she should Have pin. Be sure. Yeah, and then like at that point, if Utami and Tam get the win back, so fucking what? Konami has a hot feud coming out of it. One one of the biggest stars of the company, when Fairy, she'll probably overcome it because she's most that. In my head, she's the most natural next SWA champion. But also, but, yeah, but also they're probably going to draw that out a bit because they need to wait for um, foreigners to be like that before we can do anything with the fucking band. True. Yeah, like, the only True. reason it's still on Shiri is because she's like, hey, I'm part from another country. <laughs> I, the only reason that I thought I don't think the right person won here is A, because Konami fits the white belt picture which she does, um, but also not just that. I think that... I think um, one of those people that we can slot up anywhere. But have really. you had then had her draw with Utami and Tam I, in very, very quick succession? For, 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 so are you asking me if Stardom did draws for no reason? Yes. No, I'm <laughs> asking you. It's You would argue if they were two draws against the likes of, I don't know, Himika and Sayakamatani, you would argue that they were done for draws' sakes. To have her draw with the two tournament champions, the two highest champions in stardom, in basically what were consecutive shows, basically, I know they weren't, but basically consecutive shows. Consecutive tours. Yeah, exactly. Would Would you then say that they have had her draw with both Utami and Tam so that when Utami or Tam beat her in the tournament, it makes them look stronger? Or do you think there is a championship picture for Konami because she's drawn with the champions and then beaten them in the block? I think there's a chance you might be overcomplicating it. I think they drew because they were both feuding with Oeditai wrestlers at the time. And then, so they had them face Oeditai's seconding, basically Oeditai's um, paid Merc in Konami, whose object going into the matches wasn't to win but to do as much damage as possible, and you can do more damage in a draw than you can from a quick win. Fair enough. Fair so, enough. like, I I think saying, oh, obviously, to a future Konami tie shot, probably not, and in all likelihood, they'll either avenge the wins, or Konami might get a quick win, but like, it, honestly, I, th- I think if you think about it for a few, for like a, a second, you realise that if there's any story in the title picture here, the story's of Shiri. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Shuri would be the better route, definitely. Um, I think there. You think about who is left to challenge Utami for the red belt. Um, oh, we're almost at the we're at the point where Maya was at, where she is like, right, who else is there? And there's yeah. no, and there's not, and like Shuri might be given the arc to where she can eventually beat Utami, and it will be a big. Um, cathartic thing, so maybe a Shiri rematch, especially mm. because like it's been it's happened before where in where a draw had uh, where a draw like I mentioned before has led to um see what my ideal was w- would be like um no that's it Konami's future is in the tag division because she doesn't fit Stardom's main mm-hmm. like like or not Stardom has a main event mold. They either have like final bosses or Mayu. <laughs> That's basically their main event mold. Yeah. So Konami's not really a final boss. She's an underboss. It's hard to disagree with that. It's a shame because, you know, oh, she's, she's, she's incredible. capable of playing on very good matches. But, you know, ultimately, 
she's never going to be the top person in the company. Yeah, that's um, right. you, you even want because she doesn't. She isn't quite final boss. No, like she's not quite that, and that's partly down to Harvey Bookter. But you know, it would take you know what I mean. And then like she's not a Tamo or May where she can convincingly always be behind. No, and if you look at the structure of Oida Tai, you know. With Nance Katora in charge, you've got Nance Katora, then Saki, then Konami, then Konami. arguably. Like at and the then... best you, at best you can say Saki's on equal pegging with Konami, but no. Exactly. And then if you are of the impression that Starlight is, you know, the the leader without people realizing she's the leader, or even without Oida Tai knowing that she's the leader, and that with... means that she's even further down the totem pole. No, it was a man she was saying um in the chat by saying um she has fun make her bangers, but doesn't really pull high-level bangers. That's what I, I said on the I last episode it, of the podcast. I think it's not just that, though. I think it's that Stardom's main event style doesn't suit her needs. for to Because for the ideal Konami banger, it would be sort of a longer, a longer version of what we got against Shiri at um, the Budokan. Budokan. Yeah. Which um, isn't, isn't what Stardom likes in its main events. No. no, like I'm not saying that it's not a valid main event style because I adore that match. I would adore <laughs> if that was a main event style that stardom. Adore. It's 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 like Zack Saber Junior. in New Japan. The way mm. he wrestles isn't conducive to what they want in their main events. No, it wouldn't surprise me if she gets a white belt or a red belt challenge. But in my opinion, I'd, I'd, I'd love her to hold, especially the white belt. But I I think has to like short term SWA is where her story is. Yeah, like in future white belt. Red belt, definitely. She's definitely the like. She's a great for Stardom's purposes and what they want in the main event. She's a great. Um, she's a great opponent. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, it's like it, when you look at the Sakura Genesis show uh, when Okada took on Zack Sabre Junior. Yeah, he's a great like, opponent. Exactly, he's a great opponent. Yeah. No and, and, one and can, in the world thought ZSJ was winning that. Yeah, um, if Konami wants main event success, you should go to Gleet. Gleet. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you give it, Chris? Um, I gave it four. Gave it four. I gave it four also. Uh, let's move on then. We are into the last three matches of night two. We have got blue block action with Yutami defeating Sire in 14 minutes and 19 seconds with the BT bomb. Um, this was another match I really, really, I really enjoyed, Chris. I like this. I didn't like it as much as the one... Well, I didn't like it anywhere near as, one, as much, in fact, as the one at the Budokan. But also, A, you have the contextual factors there. Yeah. Um, B... You had the surprise of, oh my god, so I can actually put on like a really, really good match. <laughs> yeah, true. And the, there was no, the, there was no Canadian destroyer. Fuck this match. There was no Canadian destroyer. There was a fucking Spanish fly though. Yeah. Which, admittedly, not quite as impressive as a Canadian destroyer out of nowhere. It's still very innovative. Yeah, well, for Stardom, it's innovative for wider <laughs> ra- for for wider wrestling. Is that what you can do a Spanish fly? <laughs> Boo fucking who? Um, who can't? Like, like, Big work. Me. Um, oh, I could probably do one on a trampoline. No, you couldn't. I could You're more. Uh, yeah, maybe. I could um, take. I could take a Spanish. Fly. I could take a Spanish fly. Um, <laughs> no, I, I love I this wouldn't match. Be a, I'd be a bruiser. Do you reckon? Do you reckon be an Ishi? Mm. If you got slapped on the chest, you'd cry. 
No, but because if you have long hair and a beard, you have no idea how many wrestlers have been compared to just for having long hair and a beard. Big Damer. Big da- that one hurt, to be honest. Um... <laughs> No, because it was in fucking... I went to a WWE house show in Glasgow and someone just shouted it from across a fucking hydro. It's like, <laughs> oh, you look like... You look like Killian Dane. I'm like, cheers, pal. And then Killian Dane was like the surprise at ICW um, that night. Like, mm-hmm. he made a... Because he was in town anyway, he made a surprise appearance. And on the way out, everyone was drunk, going, oh, look, pointing at me, it's Killian Dane. I'm like, that really hurts. I'm not fucking... Do you know what makes me laugh out of that story? What? Your impression of a Scottish accent is fucking shit. That is what makes me laugh. You are Scottish, and your impression of a Scottish accent is dire. You've let your brethren down. I mean, like, I, I fully admit that I can't do accents. <laughs> we shouldn't have to do an accent. It's your accent. No, my accent is this. And I get a diff... Like, um, in, the, in my first meeting at work, someone thought I was Welsh. Welsh? Welsh. They thought it was Welsh. Right, you don't sound Welsh, mate, if that's any No, I don't. No, you but sound like, English. When, when I first meet... No one can pinpoint where in England, though. Bolton. You're just saying that because you know my... No, no, no that's Bolton. where your nan's from, so... Yeah, that's where my nan's from, but my dad's from Birmingham. Heads up, Nana O'Brien. <laughs> uh, <laughs> big start, I'm cast listener, is Nana <laughs> O'Brien. <laughs> Um, anyway, I am your pupil. <laughs> my, na- my nana would be so disapproving of everything about this. Um, I loved. Yeah. You're right. It's not as good as their Budokan match. I do agree with that. Obviously, red belt match, huge yeah, stage. It's the, not going to be. Well, well, we'll say the appeal of this is also very surface level. Ba- mm. Like basically, um, they're tag partners, so we don't see them face too often. Um, Saya is willing to take nutty bumps, and Utami enjoys throwing people around. The like appeal here is very service level. You see stuff you don't see pulled outside, and like the Spanish fly, like the springboards to the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and then beyond that, it's kind of just a diet Budokan match for me. Like it's the, it's the touring version of their Budokan match, <laughs> which I'm which I'm completely fine with it being because that's it's a tournament. I'm not expecting mind-blowing and like I'm not expecting night one every night basically so for a tournament match I'm completely 100% happy with this yeah it was a good match Um, there was callbacks to their Budokan match which I enjoyed I really enjoyed the fact that again Saya wasn't able to get the Phoenix Splash out Um, again Stardom Crusher was kicked out of which of course uh, Utami did at Budokan Um, they played on the fact that they are tag partners and of course know each other's offense very very well i was a big fan of when utami catches saya's like back flip drop kick she caught it in a sidewalk slam mm-hmm. i thought that was great that was really yeah. really cool um and they had little touches of that you know neither of them were able to get that much distance because obviously they're very familiar with each other they were able to get on top of one another very well um but again, ultimately, in the same way she did a Budokan, Saya couldn't get the job done, and Utami beats her. Um, it was a solid match, really good match. Again, their Budokan match, because it was such a surprise as to how good it was in that situation, um, mm-hmm. obviously that has the upper, also it, the upper hand. It, it went much longer, so we had a lot more in there. Exactly, exactly. This went, what, 14 minutes? I think for a 14-minute match, it was fantastic. I think I gave it four and a quarter, Chris. 
I gave it three and three quarter. Well, there you go. I liked it a little bit more than you. Um, let's move on then. Semi-main, uh, another match I've loved. Um, blue block with Suri. You can stop saying that you love them. We we already know that you love all the match. You don't need to say that when you go with another match of love. You love all of them. We know this. Okay. So the match <laughs> I love. <laughs> um, Suri becoming the second wrestler to get to four points. Um, defeating Micah, My who's God. on two points in sixty minutes and thirty-eight seconds with the Emerald Flosion. Um, you said so, that with such malice in your voice. It's like uh, Emerald Flosion. Um, <laughs> Alright, Vince. Chris. Emerald Flosion. Wow. Um. Yeah, it was really good. Okay, so like the grappling's really good, obviously. Mm-hmm. Agreed. A lot of the bo- a lot of the bombs of the back half were really good. This is probably the best inter DDM dynamic. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. I mean, the bits that I enjoyed of the tag match at um at Yokohama actually. A bit, the small ALT. bits, very small pockets in that fucking awful match. Where ALK took the belts off for uh, Himika and Micah were the exchanges between, between and Shuri and Micah. It's, it's basically the Shuri and Micah stuff and then the Northern Lights one. That was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. The No, um, the Tower German suplex spot off the top row was quite cool. But anyway, this match. Spot monkeys. Um, yeah, there's one thing I don't like, though, and that's the headbutts. Because they were fucking comical. I'm sorry. They were... They were like, they actively took me. Like, this isn't normally a problem with these two. Even like, I'm not as massive on Micah versus Tommy. I can admit that the strikes were good. Here, mm-hmm. because those fucking head, if you can't, if you're not going to commit to a head spot, headbutt spot, as gross as they are, don't do it. Like, just going, uh, uh, like, fucking hell. I I'll be honest, Armani. I thought they were shoulder blocks uh-huh. as well. I thought, but, but like, we've, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't want to say anything, but that was what I thought. I'm I not going to lie. Just shoulder blocks. I was like, what fucking head butts he on about? They were like fr- frailing their heads. Right for a start, looks like you're moshing. Stop it. Um, <laughs> I don't know what this was that you were doing, um, but no, I read them as shoulder blocks, so it didn't bother me in the slightest. Oh, I still even a shoulder block to find them like comical because they look like shit. Okay, well, <laughs> whatever they were, that, they look like shit. But aside, aside from, from that, that, aside from that, like one minute stretch where they're just doing stupid shit, um, it was a very good match. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about the Emerald Plosion being like a certain some finisher as opposed to like a kill move. I kind of wish if she was going to pull out something like that, it wouldn't be a overtime finisher. It would be a this is I, I've done everything. I need something to put them away. Basically, I miss the days where Shiri didn't have a set in stone finisher. I don't think this is a set in stone finisher. Well, she's done it two nights in a row. Yeah, that's not set in stone. She's fin- yeah, but she, like she, she's the one that has finished off more people with different finishes than anyone else on the fucking roster. Yeah, I mean, she like, went through a phase of having four different submission moves. She's she, the Jonathan Gresham of stardom. Exactly. She had the. She finished well. She set up. Julia's Northern Lines one with the buzzsaw kick. So I guess it's, I guess it's a, I guess it's a bit early to call that. I just hope it doesn't become a set and stone finisher. No, I I get what you mean. I do like the fact that with Shuri, she's a very unique wrestler in the fact that you don't know what she's going to finish a move with, a match with. Because uh, that's what that's one of the things I liked about Utami versus Shuri. Everything became a conceivable match ender. 
Yeah, because she that, has that finished ma- matches with everything from the yeah, Scorpion that, Deathlock to the Vermillion that match, bird. Have, that match could have ended at any point, and I probably would have complained about it less. Um, <laughs> and it would have, and it would have been satisfying. Yeah, um, I do agree with what you said. I think these two have got fantastic chemistry as far as DDM people go, I mean, I, and it, I do think it is the best out of the and have, five. And they both have decent grappling prowess, so, so we can just fill the first five minutes of their match with random grappling and no one cares. Mm. Oh, the punk kick. I forgot about that. Oh, the punk kick was great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't particularly mind the Emerald Flosion as a setting stone finisher if it becomes a setting stone finisher. Like, I it's a good, it no, I'm, I'm saying it's a good... I'm not saying it's a bad finisher. I'm saying I don't want Shiri to have a setting stone finisher. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I did like the fact that basically every single move that Siori has could have been a discernible finisher. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, if, if you total up the moves that she's actually finished matches with this year, I mm. reckon it must be close to 10. Yeah, no, I think the only person really beating her right now in that regard is Jonathan Gresham. Are you just trying to get Jonathan Gresham on this podcast I don't need- as many times as you can? I don't need you to get try. It. You like Gresham. For I fuck's sake, take his cock out of your mouth. Jesus. I wish his cock was in my mouth. All right. No, no. Didn't need that, did we? Didn't <laughs> need don't, that. Don't say, don't say things if you don't want me to take them to a logical extreme. You know this about me. Um. Yeah, the punk kick was savage. The punk kick was fucking horrible. Um, but yes, overall, I do think that I these can, two... I can say, I can say in Velkish's in the chat, I can back up, but it was like, I want her to punk kick her. I want punk kick her, punk kick her. Um, I gave no, it the, no, seriously, that Valkage is fucking disgusting. He's like, Yes, drop her on her head. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gave it, I gave it four. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, and finally, then we move to our main event of night two, which was Ma- uh, Mayu Tani in red stars beating julia in 18 minutes and 30 with the dragon suplex um, I think another match of two halves yeah no I, I, I know where you're going with this because they started off with some mat work which they did neither, which neither woman can do <laughs> mm, they're not they're, no, I think that's not, unfair i think that's not, unfair okay here's the thing um, Julia's good at locking in finishes from out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. She's not a chain wrestler, right? Like, well, this thing from my from my understand, she has a um previous with Hideki Suzuki. You wouldn't be able to tell it from this opening exchange. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I know both of these women have sort of the Okada Ibushi thing where they reach for the nearest limb. That's just what we do. There's no from what there's I don't really I never sense any rhyme or reason why we're doing a thing unless we're unless we're against someone like a Shiri or an Utami who can actually grapple. Hmm. But like these two they don't feel like natural grapplers. Like, yeah, they don't feel like they're doing it to like fill each other out or get damage in early. They're just doing like grapple moves that might look cool until we get to the Oh, she has MMA training. Yeah, we talked about this because didn't Valkyrie? Because didn't you say like in MMA she just straight up sucked? <laughs> Is this Julia? Yeah, she has. Yeah, and MMA... also in MMA training was bad. But yeah, but I, I mean, she's not... I'm not... look, I'm not saying she's not a grappler to be mean. It's just not in her skill set. It's not how she wrestles. 
Okay, but we're not saying she competed in MMA. I I was half remembering that MMA training is obviously different from being like CM Punk had MMA training and then look where that got him. So, um, she's got faith on... round at the moment where uh, it's the Simpsons and they say whoever has done whatever can go early. And um, it's a picture of him, Bobby Lashley, Batista, Jack Swagger, and Brock Lesnar. Oh, it's people, it's people who've won an MMA fight. People who've won an MMA match can go home, and everyone goes, yay! And then the CM yeah, Punk left seen, on his own. <laughs> have you ever seen Batista's MMA fight? No, no, He was never. up against a fucking Parker. No, Audrey. Yeah. It was like Bouncer versus... Like, it was Bouncer at like an actual nightclub versus Bouncer in a nightclub in Cardiff kind of thing. Ah, right. Okay. Um... Yeah, and anyway, like the his his yeah, the guy looked like he'd turn up to a um to the weigh in with a fucking autograph book. Yeah, yeah, no, um, I got that. I got that. So yeah, but then they once they got out of that and we started like throwing nutty bombs and taking nutty bumps. That's mm-hmm. when it got really good. They basically had to get to because how long did this match go? It went um, 18, eighteen minutes. minutes. They needed to get first get through that. Those first five to ten minutes, because we only we don't have enough bumps bumps on my bump card to go to just bump for twenty minutes. I think of the two main events that we had over night one and night two, this one didn't need to go as long as it did. I still no, think it, it was a great match. Don't get me oh. wrong; it's still a very good match, and um, the bumps they take are ridiculous. Yeah, the, the shit we did in the back half was great, but. Um, it's when a missile drop kick is standing out, you know, it's you know, but the two women are really good and they're both really good, but again, the problem is they had to fill five minutes and we didn't like, like, because it's not if you're given a time limit that doesn't suit you, a time that doesn't suit you, it's not a death sentence if you work your way around it. Like, mm. my my best example of this is last year, Ryu Lee versus Hiromu, where. Their, the way they wrestle is perfect for a match that goes between 10 and 15 minutes. Hmm. They gave them 25. So what we did... What, no, they gave them like 24. So what did they do for the seven minutes where they um, hadn't, couldn't really do anything? They slapped each other. Yeah, they found a way around it. Like, um, they, So it's, like, it's not definitely we just need to find a way around it. I think the way they found around the time limit didn't suit them wasn't the most elegant solution. Because I'm not saying both women are like awful gra- grapplers because they're not or like they're not laughably bad they're just not at all interesting there's nothing the, the grappling sequence is there to fill time and literally nothing else do you think you think this way because neither woman is going to finish the match with i guess i guess that's partly it it's like it's objectively not part of the game but that doesn't really need to like uh what can I think? Like, um, oh, I'm trying. I'm trying. There was an example in my head that's got gone, but like, it's a case of you don't need to all be someone who finishes people on the mat to have a compelling grappling exchange. Did like, you see it as a callback to their five star match from last year? No, not really. I didn't. That's, I'm not... that's how I just. I just read it as you know that whole we fought each other once before. Let's see how much we've improved. Let's see what's changed, because that's mm-hmm. I, know, I know how that's how they started the five star match from last year. Maybe. So it, to me, Maybe it didn't did. bother me. But they did. It didn't really further anything in any noticeable way for me. All right, fair enough. I'm I'm not going to argue with you. There's very little point, but um, <laughs> just in general, why is, um, the, why is the sound of a defeated man? 
I'm like, just I've been whatever. podcasting with this guy for three yeah. years now. Um, but longer than that, it's been like four years now, hasn't it? Has yeah, four years. Yeah. Where was my anniversary gift, dickhead? I'm, I I assumed you were going to be a man and get me a gift. Why would I have to get you a gift? Why would I have to get you a gift? I have you on my podcast, and this is how you repay me. Um, no, but genuinely, that that closing stretch again oh, was really, really cool. Um, that's where both the that's where both Julia and Maeve excel is in amazing closing sequences. Quick paced, hard yeah. hitting. Yeah, it's exactly what I wanted from this match, condensed into that closing stretch. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? I know you complained about um, the transition from the moonsault into the guillotine. I still liked it. It's great. No, it's a really cool move. I just don't want it to overuse it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's the same like, as I have with the through the ropes uh, Hurricane Rana that Azumi does, or the apron mm. DDT that Starlight like, used to do. If, if, the, if this match was like four or five dates into the tournament and she did it again, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't even give it a second thought. The fact yeah. that they're back to back, that's why it stuck with me. Fair enough. I, I can't. I can't argue with that. Um, it it is a taste thing as well, I think as well. Um, overall, Chris. Then obviously, Mayu gets the win. Were you surprised oh, we by Mayu getting the win? Um, what I liked was it's like the one piece of story from this match I gleaned from it because otherwise it was just like a match that banged for two thirds of it and a match <laughs> that I found boring for the other third. Um, one thing I liked was Julia going back to old Julia and losing. Hmm. Like, because she came out, like, she made a big deal. She came she's out in different gear, yeah. The whole like, new gear. thing, yeah. Yeah, and she had, like, it was reminiscent of her old gear. She was blonde again. Mm. Um, Like, instead of, like, the dirty blonde she was, of the orange or whatever, she went back and, like, she's clearly trying to invoke, okay, Julie, I went on this weird side story, Julia's back. But I'm back now, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, and it just shown that, like, oh, Julia fucking sucked. <laughs> It's an interesting story, B, especially if it's something that she goes on to then carry yeah, on with in the tournament. I hope it goes like crazier, like she just starts going mad with it kind of thing, because basically I don't want this to turn into a balloon Okada, where, hmm. where basically he started a balloon, lost two matches, then went undefeated in G1, and everyone says it was an amazing story arc when it was just sort of Okada with balloons. Armani Shoe Exchange has made that exact parallel, saying um, it's Shades of Okada coming back as his old self at Wrestle Kingdom 13. And yeah, then but like, Jay White. at that point, commit to the fucking storyline. Yeah. Like, it's like, and because Julia was was new Julia against Starlight and won, she was old Julia against May and lost. Yeah. So, like, at that point, commit to the storyline. If she's going to try and, like, go for that, have her lose a lot then. Which, to be fair, we we don't know what. Yeah, we don't know where we've seen yeah, nothing. So yeah, I, we don't know where the fuck this is going. But like, if it's going back to like, if this is the story we're going down, and they're like, Julie is losing her way a bit. They can't mm. do what we did with Blue Nakada, where we have him lose twice because it was to White and then Farley. Um, I can't remember. This is a G one from twenty eight four years ago. G one twenty eight. So, can't remember who we lost to on night on the opening night. Jay White was night one. Yeah, Jay was night one, and then he lost. In, then he went undefeated in the tournament. Yeah, he lost like the first he, two and then went undefeated. Did he lose? Yeah. He didn't lose to Tanner, did he? 
Oh no, he drew with no, Tana. He drew with Tana. But like he <laughs> that, that's just part of their G one thing. So like that's yeah. completely fine. Like he even beat like beat Suzuki. Yeah. Um but like for the most part it was just like his record was not dissimilar at all to previous G ones for Okada. Yeah. Commit so, to it here. If this is something that you're going to do, give Julia mm-hmm. a losing record and the five stars what you're saying. Yeah. Like it okay. like his having a bad tournament doesn't need to be a like it's not a death now. It like it all matters in the context of what's happening. If it's doing this thing where Julia's losing her way, mm. that's completely fine. And then you can have her get like maybe one big win in the tournament, and then that can give her her because cl- yeah, as a sense, she's still winning this person in asylum, as you said. Yeah. So like Definitely. she has the so she she has the record to just go and go. No, I'm I have a claim for it because that's basically how Sadler seems to run. If you have half a claim, they'll give you the match. Yeah. So. She doesn't need to have a good five star. She just needs to flash out a character, basically. Okay. What are you giving the match then? Um, free free choir. It was really good. The first, the fact that I didn't like so much of the first bit kind of drags it. Okay. I gave it four because, like I say, that, that opening didn't bother it for me, really. Um, I think I was a little bit distracted by the fact that Julia would come out in completely different attire. Um, like I said, but if they're making that into some sort of story, which again, we don't know because we haven't seen the results of night three and night four, um, that could be great. That could be if really that distracts good. you. You must have got really distracted during Finn Balor matches when he came out as Demon. It's like, oh, he looks complete. He looks completely Jack different. The, Jack the Ripper Balor? What? <laughs> to be fair, um, that, that, was, that was distracting, to be fair. It's it like, was. oh, you're coming out as notorious serial killer. Mur- notorious murderer prostitutes, um, Jack the Ripper. Not based. Not based at all. Um, so a quick look at the blocks though of course it's still very very early going some people have only had one match some people have had no matches whatsoever Um, we have got in red block with two points we have got Julia, Momo Kaguma, uh, Mina Shirakawa and Mayu Uh, on zero points we've got Himika we have, oh Natsupoi's also on two sorry, Himika has got none Starlight's got two, don't know why I haven't finished that. Kashima hasn't got any, and neither has Fuki can death. Um in blue block, we have got Utami on two, Suri on four, Tam on two, Saikamatani on none, Mika on two, Azumi on none, Ruaka on none, Konami on none, Unagi Sayaka on four, joint top of the block, and Takumi Aroha obviously yet to have a tournament match. Um in regard to Unagi, Chris, um, we have had a question on Facebook from listener Philip Shaw, who I know listens quite a lot, and hopefully he's here now. Hello, Philip, if you're here. Um, he's asked, what do you think of Unagi getting a big push at the start of the five-star? Do you think she will or should win any more big matches, or will they just give her, or will they just have her going on a losing streak for the rest of the five-star? I personally think the latter bit, I think they've given her two Wins, wins to start off with and then I think she will just mm. become a pin eater to be perfectly yeah. honest. Like you need to build up her credibility if you're gonna put the future bit strap on her and that's what they're doing. They're both coded as fairly fluky wins. Exactly. Exactly. So, they weren't definitive by any stretch. So like yeah, people just learn from seeing that not to take Nagi lightly and then she'll get put back in her place, basically. Yeah. I I because but she needed a big big win, and if she was going to beat a champion, she's not going to challenge Tam. So, yeah, 
I imagine there'll be an interesting storyline with Suri based on their um, SWA match. Mm-hmm. But, but like basically, what I'm, expe- what I'm expecting from that is what their SWA match should have been. Yeah, exactly. Just Suri beating the shit out of us for six mm-hmm. minutes. I mean, you look at who she's got left. She's got Yutami, Suri, Sayakamatani, Micah, Ruwaka, Konami, and Takumi Aroa. Yeah. Like, um, here's the thing. She doesn't have a hope in hell in most of them. The only one I think she'd have a hope in hell with is Ruaka, and she's probably going to beat her to set up a challenge. So I imagine that the only person she's got any... Uh, the only big name out of those that might lose is perhaps Sayakamatani. Maybe if they'd, if they'd, if they like, I wouldn't be mad if Saya went winless. I don't think she'll go winless. I don't think she'll go winless at all. I think she will get points, and I think she'll be higher up the block. But I do think that she is the kind of person that will take Yunagi too lightly and will lose. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And also, you think about the way that she's lost against Suri and Yutami, trying to overcomplicate things or trying, you know, not capitalizing when she can. That storyline works against someone like Yunagi. But yeah. I, in answer to your question, Philip, I think that Yunagi maximum maybe gets two more points for her to push. Mm-hmm. Like, Unagi's been someone who's got, who does well in tournaments so far. Like, she did run in the Cinderella. She got through she to the did, semis of the Cinderella. Yeah, she yeah. went to the finals of the mini tournament for the future. Yeah, agreed. So, like, she's just coded to do well in tournaments because people take her lightly. Yeah. Um, just a little bit of preview news uh, going into the rest of the five-star tour. Um, we've had a few title matches announced, and this is courtesy of at one two 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 Dragon Moon. Um, at Corican on the thirteenth of August, uh, Unagi will take on May Sakurai for the Future of Stardom Championship. Uh, on the 14th, the following day in Nagata, we have got the Goddess of Stardom title match between ALK and Konami and Ruaka. Um, on the 29th of August in Shiodome or Shiodome, I assume Shiodome, I might be wrong. Um, we have got the winner of the Unagi or May match for the future. The winner of that will take on Rina for the future of Stardom Championship. I know that she came out and said to Yunagi, um, the future belts for future stars, you're like well old, which just great, just great. I love it. Um, Natsupoi versus Starlight Kid is also on that show on the 29th of August. And then finally, the next uh, artist of Stardom Championship that has been announced will be the 4th of September with the Cosmic Angels team of Tamina and Yunagi taking on my Himmy Poi um, for the 6-1 belts. Did you really have to put it like that? What, my, my Himmy Poi? My Himmy Poi. Um, it, sound, it, sound, it sounds like a backwards lyric on a Beatles album. It does. It does. I just love saying my Himmy Poi. Um, of those matches, Chris... Um, what are you most invested in? What are you looking forward to? Um, I'm not in terms of like starting the only thing I'm really invested in right now is the five star. Five star. Like, these, yeah. These time matches these time matches are superfluous to say say I take it these are on like quiet days for the five star. You would assume so, aside from the thirteenth, which is the Corican show. Um, yeah, well and there they're just trying to load it more because it's the Corican show. Like, you would assume these, so. So these are just filler for days we don't have anything big on for the Five star, I think. And you would assume that with that being the Corican, the 13th, I think there is five star dates for that show. 
Mm-hmm. So there'll be five star matches on that show. Obviously, you aren't you aren't going to have an artist of Stardom Championship match on that card because you've got the five star and you've got Yunagi defending the fa- uh, the future. So um, mm. it wouldn't surprise me if Mike Himika and Natsupoi take the belts in September. But there we are. Yeah, because um, Cosmic Angels have really ran their course as the artist champs. Well, there's not many combinations of teams left for Cosmic Angels to actually beat. No. So they have run through everyone. They've run through two iterations of of uh, Queen's Quest. They've already broken the amount of um, successful defenses. Um, I think they're on eight successful defenses now, and I think this will be the ninth. So aside from if they're trying to break the record for days, which I think stands at 280 days, which they can't be far off, they might. I don't think they quite will get it by the 4th of September, but I, I doubt Stardom give a shit about that. Um, Armani Shuix. Oh, no, sorry. Velkage has just said you, he thinks that Unagi retains, Starlight wins, Unagi retains, and then DDM win the um, artist for Stardom Championships, which yeah, I don't seen, disagree with. I see nothing big changing aside from um, maybe the artist, but that's not exactly a big thing changing. No. It just changes was... the it just changes the six months that we have to care about from now on. Do you know what? I I think they've done a good job with Cosmic Angels and the Arts yeah, Belt. Because... We talked about this, though. No, we because talked that's about, about Cosmic Angels. You don't... Like, their problems are the shit between the moves, not mostly. Yeah. They can hit their spots, basically, and that's all you need to do in a six-man belt match. Especially yeah. when, like, you're definitely not going to be the emotional core of that match if Tam and other big wrestlers are in there. Absolutely. Um... Armani Shoe Exchange just finally just said, I think my Hemi boy was set to win the artist belts until Himika got hurt, and that's why they pivoted with the draw. I did wonder why they draw, uh, why that went to a draw, in fairness, but I suppose that does make sense. Obviously, Himika went out just after that, so it would make sense. Um, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we've gone over three hours, which is absolutely baffling. Thank you to everyone that has stayed with us on the stream for those three hours. Um, we apologize to anyone that is going to be listening to um the podcast audio of this and realize that it goes three hours but we really do appreciate it hopefully you like this the way we've done it today hopefully we get lots of positive feedback if there's anything you want to feedback let us know um and we'll try and accommodate that um otherwise um you can find us on twitter at at the stardom cast uh subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts whether that be spotify apple podcast google play whatever you use we are everywhere um, subscribe to our Twitch stream, uh, the Stardom Cast, twitch.tv forward slash the Stardom Cast to check us out there, as well as the real Podmania for YouTube. Uh, you can find all our merch at Is Teespring. Uh, I imagine so, somewhere. I imagine so. <laughs> do, do, Those dirty it, it, identity thieves. There, there's Garth, but it's um, he's Scouse instead of. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you do. F- Fancy donating some money? That'd be great. Uh, we've got a coffee shop set up. Uh, the Stardom Cast again. Uh, I got confused. For no a second, pressure like, at all. We have a coffee shop. Okay, an talk. actual coffee shop. We have a job, but it's mainly you, for laundering money. Are you, are you the barista? I am. I am. I can do the little shamrock on top of a cup of coffee. Ah, I can't. I can't at all. I can it's, stir sugar. I can stir sugar. I have, um, a, I have an amazing community mug. Nobody cares about your damn community mug. I do. Troy and Abbott in the morning. Uh, you can talk to me on Twitter. It's at Real Rob Goodwin. Chris, where can we find you? Um, at Quizzle Puro. Also, I just released a starting video on my YouTube channel. 
you has go and check it out it's decent um, it's, my, it's, my, it's my first stardom video it is it i is. haven't been crucified yet <laughs> not yet not um yet. But, but the yet. way i look it's only a matter of time <laughs> lovely jesus reference um we'll be back in two weeks time on the not the 15th the 22nd of august hopefully um reviewing whatever else has happened in the five-star grand prix stardom world permitting like we've just said or like we said at the start fingers crossed um but until then thank you so much and we'll see you guys again soon bye-bye everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.